Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 498. We are bearing down on number 500 people. And as ever, I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and I'm joined by... Foster, hello everyone. In two in two weeks' time, I think yep. we will have all have seen Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, and we'll be recording once. episode five hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we would have Are seen you guys it. seeing it on the Monday? Yes, we are, aren't we? We're, we're maxing it to the eye on Monday. Is that the earliest possible point at which? We it is literally it? the earliest possible point. There is one at ten past seven. You finish work at six, and I finish work at half four, and we're going to the ten past seven. Of Mission Impossible, Day of Reckoning. I might take a half day. On the IMAX. I genuinely might take a half day. What, I'm sure what go see it well. before he has, then go see it again? Maybe. <laughs> no, but wait <laughs> for you till half four. Um, yeah. I think there's actually one actually literally at like ten past four, so if I ran from work, <laughs> like Tom Cruise, like Ethan Hunt, just fucking running across Asda Car Park... So, um, just we already know this one's going to go long today anyway, but just a quick tangent. I saw on Reddit, and I don't know if this is confirmed, that there isn't any IMAX framed stuff for this one. Ooh, that's so, weird. Yeah, not confirmed. Saw it on Reddit, like I say, but it took that took me by surprise. And it does, I mean, I've already bought my IMAX ticket anyway, but that does speak to. You know, if you're umming and ahhing, but I, yeah, I need to maybe get some more detail on that because I, I, I was also surprised. Mm. Especially with them making a big deal about it being IMAX. You now everyone makes a big deal about things being in IMAX. That's that's yeah. the thing. You yeah, know, that's so, a fair point. And I, and I could see potentially with the fact that a lot of this one was shot during COVID, that that maybe was just like an extravagance too far. I would understand, but I'd be disappointed. Whereas Oppenheimer's like black, black and white IMAX and shit, which is apparently the first time that's been done. So well, yeah, and I'm looking at the aspect ratio um, tech specs on um, on IMDb, and it doesn't say IMAX. Well, if we're not overly fussed about seeing it in IMAX, it's showing at six o'clock on the Monday. Whereas <laughs> if we go IMAX, we have to wait an hour. So we might do the six o'clock on the Monday, wait an hour, and then we might just go and see it on IMAX on the Tuesday. <laughs> that that's the thing. I'll finish at five on the Monday. It's a five fifty showing in IMAX. It just makes sense. I'll I'll await further further inform the IMAX oh, of that. Yeah, leave it with me. Um, um, yeah, and and like a film where the title card comes in forty minutes in. Welcome to Film Bastards, people. Realise I didn't say what we were. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you stumbled upon us and you're like five minutes in, this is the Film Bastards podcast. What have we got? What have we got this week? Well, because we've had like a little bit of time between recording, mm. um, we've kind of watched probably a little bit more. Um, we couldn't get to Asteroid City, which I'm really annoyed about <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't on wide release. What the it, fuck is that about? It's so weird because I've seen it on so many posters. It was it, there's a massive poster of it in our cine world, but most cine worlds aren't getting it. It's is been it on buses and everything, mm. and it doesn't go wide until this Friday, and it's not even going that wide. <laughs> is it playing near you this Friday? Uh, it's playing at Parkway, so I will be seeing it this coming week. All right, I'll 
Mm. I'm not sure how much you're going to get out of it, Mark, but I know you're willing to see it, so let's, yeah, let's just talk about it next week. I'm pumped for it. It's probably the most okay. pumped right. I have been for a, a Wes Anderson. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, the reason why is because I, I, I've enjoyed all the marketing behind it a little bit, and I've kind of enjoyed Wes Anderson both coming out and actually talking about things like a person rather than a character from one of his own movies. Fair. Which I've, I've, I've found quite quite refreshing. There's a delivery driver outside. I'm on Kiki watch. She's barking at something and I can't see anything outside the window. Apologies. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> so what are we reviewing instead, Mark? So we're going to review... Uh, we're going to soft review The Covenant. Um... Because we didn't hadn't planned it, but both me and Ian have watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to review. Me and Ian are going to review uh, no, Half, no Hard Feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe me and Ian are also going to review Extraction Two. Mm-hmm. We're all going to review Blackberry. Mm-hmm. And am I missing one? I feel like I'm missing one. No, because I feel like it would have been Asteroid City. It would have been Asteroid City. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're also going to some what we've been watching. Uh, mild spoiler of what we've been watching. No dash cam this week. No. Well, I have exhausted all of the dash and the cam that I can that is available on streaming services. So I'm having to wink, use alternative methods <laughs> to get the dash camming in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, which makes it more of a challenge, but not really a challenge, but more of a challenge to actually watch them at work. But I, I, but I did watch a movie which might be a five-star movie for me um, on my What I've Been Watching. A movie I slept mm. on and then watched and was like, oh, fuck off, this is, this is, this is good shit. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right, I will also have, yeah, What I've Been Watching, trailer talk, all the usual hits. Ian, what's been happening in the movie news at the moment? Uh, so, uh, I mean, let's talk about The Flash. Yeah. So, back when we recorded, we were in that time where, you know, we'd just seen it. I think we were all mixed, mixed negative on it. And despite... I was, I was Jay- just very positive on it. Oh, sorry, Bex. I don't really remember much about that Saturday morning. Ha- um, ha- Bex, how positive were you about it? I went to rewatch it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good for you. Well, it was that or Rise of the Beasts, and I figured that that that, that, that you would be the the person who went to watch it on its second week. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, you know, James Gunn called it one of the best superhero films ever. We'll talk more about James Gunn in a bit. Um, and uh, you know, the, the buzz seemed good. Tom Cruise had seen it. And apparently liked it, even though he never actually said that. Um, and then uh, it comes out and it's a bit of a what what um, Tumbled more than 70% in its second weekend in the US. Wow. Um, was beaten by the, what, like the fourth weekend of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And notably, Pixar's Elemental, which I went to a secret screening at Odeon last week thinking it was going to be Asteroid City it was elemental and I walked out um, <laughs> fuck, <it up. laughs> uh, fuck you but, feelings <laughs> I'll be no I mean like to be fair it was because 
Lottie's going to want to go see it, and I've got a feeling that's one that I'm not necessarily really going to be up for seeing twice in the cinema. Yeah, I can see so, your point. That that's going to be that's going to be a we're going to see this, and they're going, oh, not again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there, there's there's method there, but Elemental, it just as a slight tangent, is interesting. It kind of disappointed um, in its opening weekend, open to about thirty. But did 18.5 in its second weekend. It fell about 39%, which is a pretty fucking good hold, yeah. in, in, in in all fairness. For something that um, didn't exactly go well to start off with, to have that kind of like hold is almost a bit of a bounce back more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, 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 it's, and especially with The Flash doing what it did. So The Flash opened to 55.1, dropped off to 15.3. So, you know, this thing needed to make in the 300, 400s just to be like, okay, it's washed its face. Yeah. Um, it's currently at 210.9 million globally. Yeah. If it gets to 300 worldwide at this point, that will be a surprise. Yeah, um, it's... Uh, it, it, just to say as well, Collider.com put out an article yesterday as we record where they ran the numbers and were like, it would have cost less money for Warners just to dump it on Max. Yeah, which I'm surprised they didn't just do. Brutal. It's. I also find it amusing that, um, that George Clooney has basically admitted that he was only in it because Christian Bale had said no. <laughs> yeah. To, apparently, it, apparently, they rang up Christian Bale, really fucking confident that they'd get him in, into it because they were offering for literally like half a day's work, like five hundred grand. And his people went, went, "Can we just ask a quick question? Is Chris Nolan directing it?" And they went, "Well, no." And went, "Then he's not interested." Bye. And then, of course, they rang up Clooney. Went five hundred grand for like half a day's work. And go on then. <laughs> it to be to be fair, it's funnier that it's Clooney. Yeah, it is a better ending oh, yeah. because it's Clooney. It makes more sense that it's Clooney, and and for um, for to give a bit of credit to Clooney, he gave every cent of it that he got to a charity. Mm. Yeah, they we, you know, ab- yeah, ab- absolutely, um, and also just in the fact that this is never going to have a follow up. No, it is just very funny that it ends with the Batman who basically killed the Batman franchise for years. Yeah, the Batman who hates Batman. Yeah. Um, so you know, what does this mean for the DC EU or whatever? Fuck all. Nothing. Why is that? Because James Gunn's rebooting it all anyway. Yeah. And he's cast his Lois and Clark. So um Wait, the, is, is it, that is that casting for his what is it? Because I've been so confused. Yeah. I thought this yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a TV show. No, so he's directing Superman Legacy. Yeah. And it is going to star David Corrin Sweat. That's a, um, that's a name, isn't it? Which is an incredible name. And uh, Rachel Brosnahan of uh, The Marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel. Now, Donna has been watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's just finished its run. And I got, you know, from the bits that I saw of it, yeah, man, she could be Lois Lane. No problem. And it's cool that I've one of the one of the potential... Uh, oh, I don't know. She hasn't been in that many films. That's the no. thing. But one of the one of the big block potential blockers was that she was like a good bit older than all the other actresses 
but apparently she did a really, really good audition for Lois Lane. And they've gone, yeah, do you know what? Give it a... I've, I, 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 that is, I, I think, pretty promising. I wouldn't have minded Emma McKay as Lois Lane, to be fair. But it, there, there was a little bit of the Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane about that kind of casting, where it's like young up-and-comer who might not up-and-come. Mm. Um, and it, it, yeah, I, 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 yeah, Brosnahan, good. Um, oh, Corin yeah, Sweat, was... Sweat is the projectionist guy from yeah, in um, Pearl. from Pearl, huh? Huh? And um, he was in the Ryan Murphy series Hollywood on Netflix, and uh, you know, people who have seen that have said, yeah, that that's an interesting choice. There's also a lot of. Well, that's a very typical choice for for Clark Kent, isn't it? Which, yeah, yeah. But, yeah I mean, but 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 there's also a little bit of, well, yeah. It's like casting. It's like when you look for Batman, you go right. What's his fucking chin look like? Yeah. By the way, it was the finest hours I saw her in something fairly oh, okay. recently, and she was right. She was quite fun in it. Yeah, she. She's a really like in the bits of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel I've seen. She's like really sparky, and she's got. I, I you know I don't know if it's going to be a period piece or not, but like she's got like fifties American sat like woman with balls to mm. her. I'm alright with that. Yeah, uh, that's the thing is, I am zero percent excited for it at the start. So any casting's not going to exactly sway me too much, to be honest. But now Nicholas Holt has uh, been rejected for both Superman and Batman. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should just not bother with superhero movies anymore. He was the beast. The he beast! Was. He seems to be doing all right with everything else. <laughs> mm. Quite. So, there we go. Uh, I think that's interesting. It's not out for a couple of years. Who knows if we'll all be alive. Right. Um... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Things happened. So the those remains were confirmed to be Julian Sands. Mm. Um, you know that's really fucking sad. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the, at oh, least his man, family that, have kind of got a little bit of closure now yeah. on this. I think you were saying yeah. as well, Bex. Yeah, I mean the likelihood after this length of time of him just being okay somewhere, it was was slim anyway, wasn't it? Like. But it's it's just still really fucking sad. It just makes me want to go back and watch all the Julian Sands stuff because he's a great actor. And just I, I just said to you the other day, like, just went out for a fucking hike. Can you imagine going out for a hike and just never seeing your family again? That's it. I mean, I was talking. No, but I was saying that uh, that there is a there's a weird thing of you could like without without kind of uh, meaning to in like the the mid-90s, you could have gone to the video store every Saturday for like six weeks, rented two movies every like every week for like six weeks, just based on them kind of being genre looking movies. Mm. And like out of the twelve that you got, nine of them might have randomly had Julian Sands in them. Yeah. And he cropped me like, fucking hell it's this guy again. Right, something something is about to get horny and someone's gonna die. He's just got such a like vibrant energy to him when he's in stuff. Like I know, I know you don't like it, and it, it's probably the thing that I most closely associate with him. But that rose red. I don't mind it. Stephen King. Well, I didn't. I didn't think you were keen. Uh, but that rose red Stephen King um, TV miniseries. He is like 
the most fucking compelling thing in that. And it's just, it is, he, he does have a weird horny energy to him. Yeah. But he's like this, just like fairly straight laced kind of guy in it. Like he doesn't do anything horny. It's just, it's just his, his frequency. Yeah. His vibes that he's putting out are just real horny. You, you look at him, he, yeah, he, he did have that kind of vibe to him. But, he, but by all accounts, he was a good genre dude as well. Like, like turning up to like the, um, the more genre comic con things and bits like that, um, like the Fangoria Fest and things like that. I just think it's real fucking sad. Mm. And like it is, it's it's an odd one because I think everyone's so connected, so jacked in these days. Mm. You just don't really kind of think of people getting lost. No, no, it, it does happen. I mean. Just one bit of news that I did see, and Ian, you might be able to confirm whether this is like true or whether or not it's something that I've read that's like a little bit like that it's almost like a half truth. But is it true that at this year's Comic Con, like, there's going to be no Marvel, no Star Wars, oh, I saw that. no Netflix aren't going to be that there? None of these are hosting any panels. They're all uh, yeah, I think it's like they're not doing anything it. whole H or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just seems a little bit like they've kind of all got a little bit sick of the fact that they're all trying to one-up each other at this one event thing, and they're just going to go, do you know what, we're just going to host our own. <laughs> mm. I feel like for like comic book fans, maybe that's going to be quite refreshing. I think there's an element of that, yeah. I think there's an element of um, of like like people who want to go and see bands got sick of Coachella being somewhere that it was literally yeah. just cordoned off to VIPs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that it might be quite nice for it to kind of get back to its roots a little bit. For yeah. people that are into that scene and it, I've had it hijacked for the last however many years. Yeah. Well, should we move on to trailers? Yes. Right. While, while you two discuss the first wave of trailers, I need to go and get my iPad because I've got to bring it downstairs with me and I feel weird not having it in front of me. Okay. Okay. Go. Trailers. <laughs> I don't know because I don't know what Mark's seen and what he hasn't. I don't, I don't either. I feel like I haven't seen that many so I'm probably not going to be great on this one. I'm just going to... I'm going to do a little bit of a journey Smollett and just David Corrin sweat. Yeah. D- David like Corran sweat. Choice, that, to be but an inspired name, David Corran sweat. Yes. Mark, you're gonna have to I, be I, Ian spiraling about Corran sweat. I hope he's described as the sweaty boy. <laughs> sweaty soups. You don't want a sweaty soup, but you'll no, love sweaty soups. soups. Yeah, true, sweaty soups. It's not the kind of ABD you want. No, that is not the kind of ABD you want. No. Um, where, where did ABD come from? I was thinking about that the other day. Always be dripping. Yeah, uh, no, I know, but where did it come did it from? Come from? Was it the... was a film. Somebody was sweating a lot in a film. Yeah. I, like I, th- no I swear it. it was me being horny on Maine about a um, guy. Yeah, it was. And yeah. I was saying that I really like that, like he needs to always be dripping. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so, yeah, trailers. We didn't start trailers because we don't know what you've seen and what you haven't seen, Mark. Uh, so, what, what have you seen, Ian? And I'll, 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 I'll scooch in on those. So, we just watched the trailer for uh, that new Liam Neeson one. Yes. Um, um, which should just be called Liam Neeson is in movie. <laughs> Liam Neeson in Taken 23. Speedy phone booth. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's... It just, I, I feel like I've seen that movie already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like there's been a movie that's been that already. So th- th- this is Retribution, which is again just the most what title? Like yeah, like 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 they they got it from a app that is a Liam Neeson film name generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really really hope that the person behind it is like. It turns out it's Austin Butler, or something. Something great, like I don't know, like fucking I don't know, Sydney Sweeney in a man suit. It's <laughs> Sydney Sweeney in the mask from Drive. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Um, like fucking him off the killers <laughs> at Glastonbury the other night. Oh man, very smiley, wasn't he? He fuck it. He's he's got a permagrin. It's fixed in place. He can't stop it now. Yeah, he can't. That's it. It's his life now. <laughs> like okay, again tangent. Brandon Flowers can't be that old. What is he doing? Obviously having fucking like that kind of work done ah. at however old he is. Brandon Flowers. I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, Brandon Flowers is obsessed with his personal appearance to the point of uh, a friend of mine who's a music photographer. When he went to do a festival the Killers were playing at, they were expressly told, you are forbidden from taking any photos of Brandon Flowers that are from a downward angle. Um, if you have any of those, we need to check, your, we need to check all of your, all of your uh, photos and then delete them. He will not have any distributed that are from a downward angle on him because he doesn't like his chin. So, like, where the photographer's below him? Yeah. So, an upward angle? Yes, so yeah. from below, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't like his chin? Because he doesn't like his chin, yeah. Okay. He's very obsessed with his personal appearance, apparently. But, I, I don't know, I just, I kind of feel like by the time he's in his 50s, he's going to look like Bruce Campbell in Escape from L.A. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is, he's 42. He is only, like, a year Fuck older than me. man. Yeah, I mean, come on. You, you don't need... You do not need to have work done when you're Brandon Fla- the lead singer of The Killers, and you're in your early 40s. Yeah, and and, and you're a good-looking dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not like he's a fucking dumpster fire. No. I feel like, did I imagine it all? People on Twitter comparing him to Robbie Rotten off of... Lazy time. No, I, I I literally did that as well. <laughs> um, but anyway, how do we get uh, so Drive Retribution? Yeah, so Retribution looks like a film that would have been a main review during COVID times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, um, what else have we got? So a uh, minute long teaser for Priscilla. Um, What's that? So this is the Sophia Coppola Priscilla Presley film. Based on a book Priscilla Presley co-wrote, and so like it looks authorized. Oh, did did not even know this was a thing. 
I knew Guess Sophia Coppola had a new film coming this out. out, Mark. <laughs> I knew Sophia Coppola had a new film coming out. I didn't know it was this. Yeah. I refuse to accept any representation of Elvis Presley that's not played by Austin Butler, so I'm not going to fuck with it. Oh, but he's played by that guy who was in Ambulance, like the cocky one who gets fucking violently killed off really early into Ambulance. And I like him. He's in Euphoria as well. That's what he's he's more known for that than cocky guy who gets killed off in the opening <laughs> half hour of Ambulance, I'll I'll be honest, but I'll give it a go. It's been a while since we had a uh, a Sofia Coppola film. Yeah, A twenty four putting it out. It's of gonna course. be it's gonna be <laughs> fucking huge online, right? Um, dumb money. Okay. So this Not is on this the one. yeah. What's this one? Craig Gillespie directed um, right. story. Sorry, Craig Gillespie back. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, about the guy that Paul Dano plays the guy who like basically kind of like almost invented the concept of meme stocks which is people putting a load of money into a company because they think it's funny Um, or at least he didn't necessarily do that but that's what kind of like spiraled off from it is this the game shop GameStop thing, Phil. GameStop one, yeah, yeah yeah. I did not know that's Craig Gillespie or I've forgotten it was Craig Gillespie it's a good cast this actually as well isn't it it's a very good cast. I'm a little wary about it's the geeks getting one over the the big boys, where it's I don't know a bunch of fucking idiots putting money in the stocks because they think it's funny. Mm. Um, so, which I don't think is what the this story this film is going to be telling. Um, but we'll yeah we'll see. Pete Davidson's in it. I like Pete Davidson. Yeah, Seth Rogen's in it playing a hedge fund manager. That'll be interesting. So he's kind of playing somebody that he thinks he's the antithesis of, but he kind of also is a little bit like that. Is this going to be interesting in the way that Jay Baruchel playing the head of Blackberry was interesting? (laughs) Do we think? You've got got a rant coming, haven't you, Bex? (sighs) I just... And I raised it on the on the chat the other day. I'm just sick of just movies where it's just like, hey, do you remember that thing that happened? Here's a dramatisation of it. Stop it. I don't we'll, care. We'll talk about that with Blackberry. Yep. Spoiler alert. That's kind of my one-line review of Blackberry. Um, but, yeah, this... I don't know. We'll see. I'm, yeah. I, I, up for the story, I would. But if it's the film that it is in my head, I'm a little bit like... I just, I don't necessarily think these are people you should be celebrating. I'm not saying you should be celebrating the hedge fund managers. For me, it's ever so slightly whoever wins, we lose. Mm. But we'll see. Um, (laughs) Motto for 2023. Fucking in it, though. Um, Right, uh, speaking of just fuck my life, the beanie bubble. I started watching this and it made my teeth itch, so I turned it off. Right, 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 no. Zach Galifianakis, no. No. It It's just a little bit like... It, it's, it's like people are sitting around in a room now and going... Writing basically a Saturday Night Live sketch and then stretching it out into a 100-minute movie. It I looks... I think you'd shoot yourself in the face if you watched that trailer. 
I mean, it, it looks as, fucking as, awful. It as well, you were saying this, Wittybex, stuff that you remember. Yeah, well, And you remember it being dumb. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know whether that's why all these, these recent crop of them are bothering me. Because they, they are, it, it's stuff that we were around for. Well, 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 I'll get to that in the Blackberry thing, because I have, I have bits to say because of the fact that I worked in that industry at the time. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Oh, okay, good stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, it just, I don't know, Zach Galifianakis putting on a costume and doing a fucking wig. And it's like, and it, he, but it, it it's going to be like, oh, I'm, this is a serious performance. How, how dare you think this is funny? Mate, you look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. So, Blackberry. We're yeah, gonna have yeah, things yeah. to say, aren't we? Yeah, it, it, it's. I'm, I'm just looking I think at a still need to leave from it. with Blackberry, by the way. I think we just need to talk about it. But yeah, sorry, go on. I look at a still from it. I'm looking at Zach Galifianakis, and it's a little bit like he's, like he's, he, he's trying to do Steve Carell, but he's not Steve Carell. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a good way of putting it. I mean, like Zach Galifianakis is like kind of like infamously very. I've never made a good film. I don't like any of the films I've worked on, mate. If you think this is the kind of thing people want to fucking see you in, nah, buddy, you got you got that shit wrong. I'm not saying stay in your lane, but appreciate your lane and the fact that your success has come from your lane. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, it looks awful. It's uh, Apple TV Plus. If reviews are good, I'll give it a go. Otherwise, look forward to never talking about it again. Um, right, fuck me. There's been a lot of trailers. Heart of Stone. <laughs> hey, chat GBT. Put oh Gal Gadot in a $100 million Netflix film where she is an action hero. It, uh, do you know what? I think you're fucking... You're playing down chat GPT there. Potentially. I, just genuinely. It is... Right. The, the Gal Gadot thing has to stop... <laughs> Right. Oh my god, watching watching the flash again after can't remember whose comment it was about her turning up and just smirking and stuff. Like I, I literally like No it was. Snort laughed yeah. in the cinema at that because yeah, this this fucking this trailer is just meh. It's beige the movie. It it just she's not in any way charismatic in no she's just hot but she's not even she's, that hot she's pretty hot no she's not so she she's, she's quite sexless though oh yeah 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 you know Gal Gadot doesn't look like she fucks no she doesn't no you know who does who Jordan this one's for you Zendaya in Challenges. Um, so this film had a slight existential crisis where it's like, I don't think I'm allowed to be turned on by this. Um, I'm too old. I'm probably kind of old enough to be her dad. And well, th- that's, that's it. Cool. That, the thing is, I think Jordan is just about okay to be turned on by it. We aren't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do genuinely think it, it, it's... what the, the creepy level of what you hit is if you'd left school by the time they'd started school. 
<laughs> and, then, and then anything after that, so you've roughly got around 13 years. If you are 13 years older than somebody, mm. it's creepy. Unless you're like 50 and they're 37. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, we'll talk about no hard feelings later, but I almost feel like Jennifer Lawrence is my North Star for that. It's just like, I'm just going to need to make sure I'm attracted to Jennifer Lawrence for the rest of my life. And then Jennifer Lawrence is only like six years younger than you? Yeah, which which is perfectly, perfectly okay. That's fine. That's fine, unless you were 20. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. Sliding scale. Sorry? It's a sliding scale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, think, challenges. I, I think I could write a book on this. <laughs> a, a concise scientific study. Let's have, let's have some feedback, <laughs> listeners. Just kind of intrigued. What is that, what is that cut-off point? Yeah. Because I think that Mark's 13 years, like, for somebody like as old as we are, like, late 30s, early 40s, feels okay yeah. like uh, if uh, i was like the, horny on me hits. for a 27 year old i think i'm okay with that i think you're okay i, I think 27 is the cutoff point but then again zendaya is 27 is she really yeah i think so oh it's- am i so okay so can i let myself lust after zendaya as a treat Zendaya's 26, so you might not Fuck. be alright, unfortunately. Well, I'm 38. 12 years, you're alright. I don't know. 12, no, Ian's alright, it's 12 years. I'd be a creep. I think the issue with Zendaya is she's been in the public eye since she was a literal child. And I think so is Kirsten Dunst, and I fucked yeah, the shit out Kirsten of her. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst, and Sorry. she's older than us. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the fucking... It's not like... When the son decided to tell everyone that it was okay to lust after Charlotte Church because she turned eighteen, yeah, wasn't there like some sort of headline where it was like everybody celebrates she's sixteen or something? Yeah, fucking bizarre. Like she's sixteen, and and then somebody had to point out to them, like about the next day, the guy who put the headline in saying, "You are aware that's still illegal, aren't you?" (laughs) And the son were like, "No." And it literally went to court and they were arguing, no, it's not illegal. And somebody had to point out and say, yes, it is, you dumbasses. <laughs> so j- just to be slightly equal opportunities about this, what I'll say about the Challengers trailer, Mike Feist looks like he can fuck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mike Feist has that, that about him. Like, yeah. Mike Feist should be he, doing more. He's the rich he, guy, he, he should... He's the one good thing about that awful movie. He's the standout in the movie that I want to rewatch. Is what what awful about. movie. You best not. That West Side Story. West Side Story remake. Oh, yeah. come on, Bex. Like, it's not the original. Okay, it's not the original. It's not awful. I need to rewatch it. We, I, I think we all. It, I didn't like it at the time, and I don't. I don't think it's gonna. Well, we, will, we, we will take that challenge. We will rewatch it. I think I was in a funny mood. I, I think that Rachel Ziegler is just shit. I'm not a big Rachel Ziegler fan. But Feist is alright. Feist is alright. Yeah. Feist is feisty. <laughs> Did you guys see the Challengers trailer? I haven't, no. Okay. It looks good. It looks like nice, like, not exactly wild things for now, but like a woman pitting two men kind of against each other for her kind of a thing. But set in the world of professional tennis. Cool. 
That sounds all right. Let's have a crack at that. Fair enough. So, Craven the Hunter. <laughs> We've seen this one. Yay. I thought I'd watched loads of trailers this past couple of weeks. It turns out I haven't. I think I've literally watched Craven the Hunter. That's poor farmer. I know. It's... I mean... It looks like the most October film October ever Octobered. Yeah, it does. It lo- It looks like the... Whew, comic book season's over. Wait, what? Craven the Hunter? <laughs> uh, to be fair, I'd watch anything Aaron Taylor Johnson's in. So, but it's already got What me. is it? His blood gets mixed with the blood of an animal. A lion, no less. A, a lion? Yep. Cool. Can everybody do this? Yeah, I'm going to go for it. Cooper, get me my knife. <laughs> I'm going to go to the fucking zoo. I'm going to do that fucking weird hand thing across my palm rather than just a, like a prick on the end of my finger. Yeah. Across my palm and then just walk around just like, just just rubbing my blood. And then, Wait, no, they have dead on me. That's going to be terrible. That's going to be shit. Yeah, that's, that's why I, me and Cooper are going to share blood and then I can just be a sleepy cat all day. Yeah. <laughs> I did that to yeah. loads of animals. They'd just be just these fucking lazy out of shape animals. <laughs> Oh. Load of lazy out of shape animals just blackbird it shouting about movie night. <laughs> um so but More yeah, I mean about look, that film, we are gonna have to get to it soon because like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it needs building. to be the first review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but hey, look, I mean I, sure. Yeah, I watched the <laughs> shit out of that movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> it's like there's there's all of the other comic book movies that are on their way that everyone's getting really ex- like, like kind of trying to get excited about and everyone's like going fucking Craven the Hunter let's go for it I'm more excited I, for Craven the Hunter than, than anything Marvel's got on its slate at the moment that's it I'll be on I, I feel a Venom Venom 2 Morbius triple bill happening before it I won't lie <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I could do that I really want to rewatch Morbius I maybe don't want to do that I, I thought it was bad but fun bad I thought it was I, just I seem bad. To remember. That's fine. It was the opening and closing titles fucking banged. So yeah. I'm I'm up for them again. I'm up for watching Venom 2 again. Yeah. Partially because Venom in that club was funny. Yes, he was. Um Okay, uh Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep, yeah, not did see this one either. Okay. <laughs> um Yeah, so I don't know. Based on a video game, Josh Hutchinson's got a job looking after this dilapidated... I think I did like, see this, actually. Yeah, no, I yeah, did see this. It, um, looking after this like dilapidated kind of like old family restaurant with animatronics, but the animatronics have been possessed by the spirits of dead children and are trying to lure this kid to their world. Um, there's, there's a lot of these games. There's like a big law behind it, isn't there? Yeah, 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 and I did. I didn't actually know, like, if it, it. I mean, I think it's co-written by the guy who d- does the games, so I'm assuming that is actually law, which I was quite surprised by because mm. I just thought they were evil animatronics. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know. It's coming out in cinemas and Peacock the same day, so you know it's going to be great. That's it. Well, I, I did actually read uh, something with one of the filmmakers. Um, where they literally turn around the studio that were the- one of the animatronic possessed kids. <laughs> what? 
did the interview. They were one of the filmmakers, yeah? It's, it, I mean, it's it, it's based on a true life story. Yes, yeah, one of those kids, yeah. It was a big yeah. animatronic thing doing this interview. Um, yeah. They basically said that they, they actually made it for under the budget because they were like, if we try and make it for that, then we're, we're already running uphill with it to get the amount of sequels that we'd like to do. So we'll make it for less because we can. And then we don't have to make as much to be able to make another two or three. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen for this. It, it, it very much sounds like your bag, Bex. I know I asked this when we spoke about Five Nights at Freddy's last time. What's that other one called that came out that was similar? Banana Splits. That was it. Um, I'm just going to triple bill Banana Splits, Willy's Wonderland and this. Fair play. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I, I, won, I think this might be our final one, maybe. Oh, God, I don't know. Have you got more? I don't know. Hang on. Maybe, actually. I don't know. I haven't done this in any order today, so... Uh, no, I've got I've got one. Is I've it Drive Away Dolls? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the more I think about this, the more I'm like, oh, God, really? I'm a little bit like that. It, 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 it looks like somebody doing a Coen Brothers movie, but it's one of the Coen Brothers... He's also said that this is the first in a planned lesbian triple bill where each one's going to be a different genre or something. And I'm just a bit, I don't think I need one of the Coen brothers' takes on queer cinema. That, that's it. It's You're in your 60s, mate. What, why, why are you trying to make a movie? You, you are an Oscar-winning filmmaker who is... You know, part of a duo that are, you know, some of the most influential filmmakers of modern times. I don't get why you're doing. Surely somebody, this should be somebody else's voice. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what I'm saying. I'm not criticizing him for making it. It's just. I just think this should be somebody else's voice mm. behind this, not a what is, to the public, a straight, elderly white dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, I, I'm just... This is the one that's, that's married to Francis McDormand, isn't it? Ugh, really? Um, I always get these confused, yeah. May I, I don't know, because the other one did The Tragedy of Macbeth, which had Francis McDormand in. That was a singular one, wasn't it? Yeah. of Francis McDormand. Huh? Brother-in-law. Oh, so it's the, it's the other one. So it's Joel. Joel. I always get them confused with which one's which, to be honest. Which I think is quite <laughs> easy to do, because they are brothers and they're both called yeah. Cohen. Um, but yeah, I just... I'm, I'm... They are brothers and they're both called Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> as most brothers would similarly have. The same surname. Not all the time. Brothers no, I'm not too sure what you're talking about there, Bugs. Yeah. You say men can't change their names when they get married. They generally well, don't. Well, how, how very straight of you. They just generally don't. How very straight of you. Alright. Joel McDormand and Ethan Cohen are a great duo. Fair play. Uh, to be fair, I feel like she probably does wear the trousers. Yeah, I, I, I feel like she insists thing. on wearing the fucking trousers. Yeah, and she puts uh, the ugliest yeah. fucking trousers she can. Yeah, just goes straight for the linens. Yeah. God, she's, she's, anyway, she's moving on. So far in my estimation <laughs> since that Oscars thing. Blackberry! <laughs> fucking hell. 
Uh, I don't need this Oscar. Give it to someone else. I don't really fucking care. What a bitch. <laughs> then why did you fucking turn up? Yeah, why Why did you accept the nomination then? Fuck off. Absolutely ungrateful, cow. Like, there was yep. so many people that would have loved to have got that and then she got it and she didn't fucking deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, Blackberry. Blackberry uh, is uh, written and directed by Matt Johnson and stars... Jay Baruchel, Glenn Howerton, Matt Johnson. Wait, is he... Sings the theme tune, writes the theme tune. Do it. The, so Sorry. the guy who played Doug wrote yep. and directed it. That yep. kind of makes sense now. Um, we wouldn't have cast him otherwise, would Michael Ironside's <laughs> possessed body um, and Carrie Elwes and other people are in it. <laughs> Martin uh, Donovan's in it for a scene and gets single it? card billing in the opening titles. Yeah. I think he is done before his name is on screen. Yep. Like Joseph Gordon Levitt in H2O. But at least he got killed off. At least he had some substantial screen time. He, he's in it for a, for a brief second later. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's the story of the meteoric and catastrophic demise of the world's first smartphone. Funny, I don't remember it, but about the Sony Ericsson F600. Um, and it's not really about the demise, because it's like they go, shit, it's going to get really complicated if we start going into what actually happened when the iPhone came out. Fuck it, just cut it off there with him looking at some fucking boxes. Fuck it. Let's just go on. Let's have a movie night. Fuck you, Blackberry. <laughs> Sir. Ian. What do you yep. think to Blackberry? It. Is a bunch of things that happened. Is that alright? things that happened and some really bad fucking wigs and a man that looks like a character out for a selector. Yep. The most successful uh, aspects of this film is the fact that it made Waterloo, Canada look like one of the worst places to live in the world. I actually think this film has one redeeming feature. What? The gym guy is an absolute cunt and he's really good at being a cunt and I love it. I, I, I had one like properly laugh out loud fucking moment in this movie. Is that Glenn Howerton? Yeah. 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 yeah, in fairness, he's good in this. Yeah. I, I had one properly like like belly laugh, had to pause the movie moment in this film. What was that? What? It was the first bit where Glenn Howerton turns up and he picks up the phone and there's a static and they're, they're, they say, what the hell is this? And they're explaining it to him and he just walks out and shouts, get off the fucking internet! Yeah. And they all shit themselves. <laughs> oh, and he's like shouting for something at some point, isn't he? And they all just look around like, oh, he, Yeah, he, shout, he, he shouts he's for somebody, a get, no, he shouts for somebody, get me, um, yeah. blah, 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 um, on the line. And they're going, who are you shouting for? It's so, Becky. What did you think? To <laughs> Do you know what? I think done well. It could have been quite an interesting story. I mean, they they absolutely fucking dominated for a fair amount of time. It won't mm. that long. This is the thing you see. At the time, I worked within the mobile phone industry, and like you used to get. The, the trade papers. The mobile phone industry had their own trade papers mm. that he used to get. And they used to have interviews with, like, like these guys. So I remember reading interviews with these guys and them going from being 
you know, I, I remember uh, BlackBerry, like, selling BlackBerry to other, to business users mm. on the basis of, look, you won't have to pay for text messaging if the other person is using a BlackBerry. I remember at work, as, as managers being given BlackBerrys mm. because we could receive emails on them and we could private message on them. And so we wouldn't have to text, so, so it, it cost the company less for us to have these BlackBerrys. It, what actually ended up happening is BlackBerry were actually just giving us the phones yeah. for no... And we didn't have to pay for them at all. We didn't have to pay for any of our service at yeah. all. So I, I remember having a BlackBerry. Um, I, I loved my BlackBerry. But Same. it was ticking along like that. And I, I, I also do remember when... I remember the, the iPhone launch. Mm. Um... And I mean, I, I remember the night of the iPhone launch. It was horrific. <laughs> um, because it went so terribly bad for the majority of the company that I worked for, which was Castle so, at the time. And so, like, just, just to be clear, you mean when it actually launched in shops, not like when Steve Jobs did his thing? No, when it launched in stores. Um, yeah, so yeah. to give a little, to really kind of go a little bit off tangent here, this is how big the iPhone launch was. In the UK, it launched on O2. That was it. There were mm. three plans. Uh, to my knowledge, there were £45, £90 and £120. Uh, the ninety pounds, hundred twenty pounds, you you basically you paid two hundred forty pounds for the phone, mm. and you got different bits, and that was it. The iPhone packages, yeah, it's completely different to any other phone contract. Mm. Um, and basically, you didn't have to have a credit check as long as you paid for the phone. That's it. You've got the fucking contract. Mm. Um, and we had to all car phone warehouses closed at one o'clock in the afternoon on the Thursday that they launched, um, and then we had to reopen at six. To sell the iPhone, and we'd been delivered them all. We had like a big stack of them. We had to change all the POS in our shop. Couldn't have any other phone on it. It just had to be everything had to be blanked out apart from an iPhone section. And this is what Apple insisted upon. And in between that time, between six and whenever we were told we were going to close, which we were told would be around about nine o'clock or until we or if we ran out before that, but we could stay open beyond that. Um, so. We had to basically reopen and do that. We weren't allowed to sell anything else. We could just sell the iPhone. Um, and at the time, we were all saying, I just don't think there's going to be a queue. We've got three stores in York within a close vicinity of each other. I don't think it's going to be a queue. And it was like, it, it was like late October because it was just after, it was the weekend, it was this Thursday after the clocks had gone back. So it was dark. Mm. And then I remember... We'd got all set up at about 10 to 6. I told um, Ian, one of the guys that worked for me, just mm-hmm. go have a look out and have I a remember look that. down to the queue and see what it's like. And he did, and he, he kind of he opened the door and stuck his head out, put his head back in and went, shit. I was like, what? He went, how many have we got? I was like, we've got like 250. We're fine. How many is there? And he went, stuck his head back out. And I was like, why can't I hear people? He was like, the queue goes... Like as far as I can fucking see. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, no. So I rang one of the stars and went, Have you got a queue? I'm like, yeah, it's like right the way down the fucking it's right down the street. It is insane. Like, right. Strap in guys, this is gonna be a fun fucking night. We're gonna make a lot of money. Cause we were getting like we were getting like fifteen quid a pop. Yeah. Every time we sold one of these things. Yeah. 
and we had it, it, well, two hundred. I, I mean, that's and that's compared to like what what what's your what was your, I'm, I'm sorry this is a tangent i don't care this is fascinating what was your usual kind of like average commission for like a big fund your, your commission slid around um so it was based like a matrix so if you imagine down one side down at the left side you had the um the the phones and along the right top you had a price plan and then you matched yeah, it yeah, down yeah. with that and then that's right. the amount uh, of commission you'd make for selling that phone on that price plan and so that's the amount of commission then. on average for a newish phone between 10 and 12 pounds mm. on so, a, on a medium tariff for a, so a older e- phone even though Sorry. So yep. even though the demand was obviously going to outstrip supply, you still still got that like sweet sweet commission. Fifteen quid, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was ridiculous. So Fuck. there was oh. four of us in. So we were at least going to make like over a grand. Hmm. Huh? In commission. Oh, woof. Um, it, it was insane the amount of money that, that you could make that you were that you were making, but your basic was bullshit. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you basically you, because it was a, technically a, a guaranteed commission. So what would happen is, it, it, even if you didn't make the commission, you still got paid it. But it, then it got taken out of your commission next time you next made time you got it. A good one, yeah. So you had to make it, but your basic was like nine grand. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Christ. It was, I it, mean, I, I know it was a while ago, but still, yeah. fucking hell. But you, 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 st- we, you know, it, I'm still on good money because I was decent at it. Yeah, you were, yeah. Um, but I, I, I promise anyone who's this is boring, I will get to the end of this in a second. No, I no. Um, the people who think this is boring can, uh, uh, with the greatest respect, fuck off. So um, we, we we opened the doors at bang on six. Uh, our systems were literally they, they did wouldn't log on, and then at six they logged on, and I had to stand there at these people and say, "Look, I appreciate." I'd gone down the queue, just saying to people and counting it, and when I got to about like. T- Two, three hundred. So, like, between that, I was like, "Look, guys, I can't guarantee you guys are going to be able to get one. So <sighs> you can wait and see, but I can't guarantee it." Went back in and said to people, "Look, the rules are." And was as I was going down the line, I was literally shouting at people and saying, "But the rules are: this is what it is to get it. You have to have the two. Ask me one of these tariffs. Know what tariff you're on. Uh, what tariff you want. Here, we're going to pass out leaflets." Know what you want to be on because we need to rapid fire this shit up. There's no browsing time, um, and it's if you if you don't if your card fails the first time, two hundred and fifty quid, bang, that's it. Sorry, go. <laughs> we we just don't have time for this shit. We've got to move it quite quickly. Um, I was basically just saying that to people for about the first fifteen minutes was fine. Everything was ticking over nicely. Then. Um, the, the the basically the 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 chip and pin machines because it was on chip and pin but it was very early days of chip and pin so there was no contactless or anything mm. chip and mm. pin for the country crashed because of the iPhone launch um, and so everyone's panicking now at the time Carphone Warehouse had two systems you had the, the system that you used and you had a was it an old system called Retail DOS. Um, so the minute it crashed and everything, everything wasn't working, um, I basically was just putting all of these things through retail dots, which meant that we only had to take a payment of um, 
£99. So I was doing two at £99 and then one at £52 mm. to get them up to the 250 Because our floor limit was £99. So it just didn't check anything. So it never got sent anywhere. It stored and then it's sent later on. So it never, it, it would never crash. So, but people could have just not had the money. People could have not had the, no, because I, I, I'd taken, people could have not had the money, but as far as our system was fucking concerned, they had £99. They might have had £101, but it took £99, £99, and, 52, and £52. Right. It's up to fucking the banks sort that out the rest of the time. Yeah. On the floor limits. Floor limits have changed now, they don't really exist mm. as much anymore, but they used to exist there. So I did that. So our sales tracker, was just fucking going up and up and up. The rest of the countries was just sat. Mm. So I'm serving a guy, having to help my other two guys out, that I'm trying to like, the other three guys, going, no, you do it like this, showing them, because none of them knew how to use retail sales. And I'm on the phone to my area manager, uh, Gary, going, and he's going, how the fuck are you selling these things? The system's crashed. And I was like, I don't want to say, because it might get me fired. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? And then, I... I'm using a, like a backdoor way of doing it. It's like, right, if I promise you you won't get fired, tell me. It's like, can you promise me I won't get fired? It's like, you know, I'm using retail sales. It's like, you're not allowed to use retail sales. Like, you just promised me I wasn't going to get fired. The woman in front of me heard it, Gary. I just like, I need you to send an email to the entire company right now. It's like, we're not allowed to send emails to the entire company. Again, it is literally a sackable offence to send an email out to all, all comms. It's like, you are pre-authorised to send an email out to all comms detailing how the fuck you are doing this because this might save the iPhone launch. <laughs> nice. And so I literally just typed it out, sent it, and then, like, two days later, I got a phone call of Charles Dunstan, who owned the company, rang the store, which was unfucking heard of, by the way. <laughs> Uh, answered it and I just went yeah Mark speaking and he just went oh is that Mark I was like yeah he went oh it's Charles I was like cool Charles he went um, Carphone Warehouse I was like I have, I'm not sure have we met he's like I don't know we might have I was like okay I'm, I'm really not sure you are dude and he's like Charles Dunstan It's like oh oh the owner of the company <laughs> like, yeah it's like I should need to talk about Thursday. It's like, am I getting fired? It's like, no, you're getting a bonus, mate. It's like, oh, thank you. It was so fucking surreal. Yeah. So we got to go to London, didn't we? We did. For a weekend on Charles Dunstan. Nice. And uh, I got like a an extra 500 quid on top of my commission that I'd earned that night. <laughs> yeah, that was intense. But the reason why I tell that story is I remember them afterwards being in all the trade papers saying on, and leading up to it that the iPhone was bullshit and it was nonsense and it had never worked and it had never I just got a free iPhone as well didn't I they gave me an iPhone that's pretty sweet um, and they said it wouldn't work and anything like this and I, re- I remember the whole the whole hoo-ha and then all of a sudden it's just they went from being like massive to it's all gone wrong yeah and the problem is that's more interesting, but they aren't interested in telling the interesting parts of the story. No. They're interested in Glenn Howerton shouting, which I was quite interested in. But Jay Baruchel is good, 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 shit. His wig is bad, bad all the way through. All the wigs are bad all the way through. Yeah. 
the 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 the, the Doug guy can fuck right off. What a shitty character. Like there's no way he could have been that bad in real life. You'd hope not. Or or as or as ugly. I mean that's possible. But yeah, it The thing is, if it had been ninety five minutes and funnier, mm. I'd have been alright with it. But it ain't it, it's pushing two hours. I just do not like this trend of here's a film about some stuff that happened. Is anything interesting going to happen? No, not really. Was it an interesting thing that happened? Kind of, but we're going to leave the interesting bits out and we're going to dramatise it, so you're not really going to know if it's real or not. Cool. It, I think it's the it's the hyper stylized stylizing of the people. Mm. It's the it's the OTT of it. Um, I don't know. I just I enjoyed watching it. Possibly more because I remember bits of it, mm. and like I say, I, I can remember I, I, when, I, when when he had the, the hair. I remember going. Shit, I remember. I remember seeing that guy in the trades <laughs> and reading about him, um, and it kind of being like that. And Blackberry having this massive swagger that they had, and it, that it lasted literally like eighteen months. <laughs> mm. Hmm. Interesting. If you check out Wikipedia images for Douglas Freegan, in not one of them is he wearing a stupid fucking headband. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So was that that was just a choice? Would appear so. I don't think there's a single picture of that Matt Johnson guy not wearing one. I know there's a single Fuck thing of that Matt Johnson. Yeah, in, in the film, it, it just. I mean, who is he? Some douchebag. Like. I, Oh, this guy, it just, I don't get it. Operation Avalanche. Oh, that was the found footage one, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, I remember watching that. Sorry, I just need to step away for a couple of minutes, continue without me. Everything's fine. Yeah, I, there does seem to be a bit of a trend, I think, with these, but it's like we were talking about the Beanie Baby one. Yeah. Um, and there's a few others coming. We've had Air recently, which I, I, I really enjoyed and he's really good. Uh, um, Tetris. Tetris. Tetris, yeah. Um, there's there's a few more coming up as well, isn't there? We talked I'm... about one in the trailers, didn't we? Yeah, Beanie Babies. No, the other one. Some one. Oh, the GameSpot one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that. Um, there's another one coming up, though, where it's about... The founders of something again. I can't remember mm. what it is, but yeah, there does seem to be a bit of a, a an obsession with these things at the moment. I just, do you know what? If I want to know about a company's history, I'll read the Wikipedia page. I don't need a movie about it. It, it, it I don't know. It's just not interesting. I think, yeah, that's it. I think I was probably more interested than you in it, but I wouldn't go as far as to say I thought it was good. I just didn't think it was as bad as you thought it was. Do you know what? I, I think I'd have got on with it a lot better if the makeup and costuming was not as bad. It just constantly pulled me out of it. Yeah. So it just didn't, didn't get on with it. No. What can I say? 
No. Cool. Uh, it just feels amateurish. It did feel a little bit, but I think it, it had that thing of feeling a little bit kind of like that's what it's trying. Um, that's what it's trying to do. Mm. It's trying to feel mildly amateurish in of itself as like a. But I don't know. I think there's an element of this creeping into films at the moment where, like I say, they feel um, like amateurish by choice as almost like a defence mechanism. Yeah. So that they can be a little bit above kind of criticism. Like if someone turns around and says, but it looks shonky shit, and they're going, oh yeah, but we were kind of going for that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, well, why? You know, that movie didn't have a... Blackberry didn't have a... a didn't have a big budget. But $5 million for a movie, you know, that realistically has no real big stars. No. And has no real set pieces within no. it. No. You know, the locations... Where's that what? <laughs> Where's that gone? Because it certainly wasn't on the wig budget. Yeah. You know, the... The, the whole... You know, the, all the locations are just offices mm. you know and there's only a handful of locations and all the offices look like look like they've thrown a load of chairs in an abandoned office mm. yeah it's quite do you know what was a weird side quest as well that I'm what? not quite entirely sure why they included it what? the whole hockey team bit because uh, he did try quite aggressively to buy hockey teams to take them to um, NHL teams to take them to Canada that's fair, and in a well-written movie, that could have come across as more of a, a thing, but I it wasn't. It was just like, he was going to meetings, talking about hockey teams, then he wasn't allowed one, then he got angry, and then it ended with Jay Baruchel taking all the covers off the phones. I think the idea was that he he dropped the ball because he took his focus off... Because he was distracted. ...what he was doing to go and do his vanity project. Yeah. I think that was that was more what it was about than anything else. Mm, fair. Um, well, I need to look back, so I'm going to say I'm touching cloth on it. I think you are both. What are you shit? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Proxy, the more I think about it, the more I dislike it as well. I'm a proxy for Ian, and I'd say that I'm. I'm pretty sure he was on the. It's a bit shit, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I'm gonna throw it over to you, Bex, and say, do, I, I, want you, "I want you to." So, we, so we're not. You're not disappearing for like forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna ask you to break up your, what you've been watching. That sounds terrifying. So, what have you? Been, what no? What have you been up to? Do you know what? Considering we haven't recorded for a week and a half, I feel like not much. I'm not sure what we've we done with our evenings. Well, I was on late for a whole week of it, so um, I wasn't getting home till like 10 o'clock. Yeah, and I think I've just been trudging through um, Black Mirror so that I can watch the new ones. Mm. I've like I've, I've, I've made a deal with myself that I can't watch the new ones until I've watched all the old ones. Mm. That's the deal that has been made. Um, so yeah, so I've watched a few more of them. Some good, some not so good. Um Crocodile was shit. Hangry DJ was really good. I've not seen that one before. Um, Archangel, I thought I hadn't seen. It's just the Black Mirror ones. Yeah. Um, so Archangel basically is um, is the one that George Foster directed. Yeah. Um, and 
a little girl goes missing for a little while at one point and um so this the mother is she gets essentially like a, a monitor thing fitted in the kid's head um which as well as tracking her location she can also use it to see what the daughter's seeing she can also use it to like monitor her health and things like that if she's iron deficient or whatever um but then she eventually the kid gets to an age and um the mother kind of switches it off um what is it ah oh, she yeah so there's also a thing that you can put on it where it filters out anything traumatic so like when a granddad's having a heart attack the kid can't see that he's having a heart attack. It's just like pixelated. Mm. You can't hear him asking her to call 911 or 999 or whatever it is in the show. Mm. So they, they kind of, they, they, they switch it off. Um, then she starts to make friends because no one's wanted to be a friend because of the fact that um, they call her a narc because her mum can see everything that she sees. Um, but once it's switched off, they'll, they start being friends with her and then it, kind of cuts to her being older. Oh, and then basically once this implant's been put in, it can never be removed. It can just be not used. Mm. So, um, and then she's like late home from a night out one night and her mother panics and gets the, basically it's like an iPad thing, Mm. out of the loft and switches it on and sort of sees through her eyes that she's... I mean, she's getting some dick. And the mother's not happy about this. Um, but then having checked... And then she she gets home safe and everything and blah, blah, blah. But it's... Then she keeps going back to it more and more to, like, see where she is and, like, she, she's getting notifications that... Um, she tries like cocaine once and her heart rate elevates and she like panics and switches it on and like sees that she's doing coke and things like that. She goes to see the guy that um, she slept with um, at his work and basically tells him to back the fuck off otherwise she's going to go to the police. So he then dumps the girl. She's really sad, blah, blah, blah. The mother finds out from the health monitor thing on the iPad that she's pregnant so she gets a emergency contraception pill crushes it and puts it in a smoothie okay um and then the girl only knows because she, she gets really ill at school and the school nurse basically is like oh it was the emergency contraception pill and she's like what yeah yeah so but don't worry it'll still work you're not pregnant anymore well i never was pregnant oh well, you were and you took the emergency contraception pill no i didn't oh it's okay i won't tell anyone and the girl's just like what the fuck so she goes home and she looks through the trash and everything um and find the fuck are you talking about this sounds all like terrifying uh archangel the black mirror episode right okay yeah. wow um she finds the packaging for the jesus christ sorry um for the pill and she she um then goes and she finds that her mother's been using this ipad and then she like beats her almost to death with it when she comes home from work and runs away Cool. Sounds sounds awesome. It's great. Yep. Well, I won't go heavy into another one, but Hang the DJ is basically about... Um, so it, it's these two people and they, they're on this 
program app type thing where you get matched up with someone to date and you get like um um, uh, like a countdown basically you're only allowed to be with that person for five months or a year or 36 hours or eight hours or whatever and then after that you have to part ways you can't continue it even if you were getting on oh. so these two people have their first date on this program and it's a 12 hour duration one I think um, they have a really lovely time but then the time comes to an end and then they get separated and then they both get put into like long term relationships with other people that are kind of gross um, and the the app just keeps telling them look it, it's we, we just every every relationship that you have whether it's a short one or a long one it provides us with essential feedback and then we eventually pair you up with who's going to be your final match and then th that's that's your person but all of these bad dates good dates long short relationships they all give us vital information to be able to pick that person mm. um and then these two people that went on this short date, they eventually get matched up again. Um, and then everything's going great. They agree not to check the, the expiry date. Um, and they... Um, Just to check, have you guys done a spoiler warning for this beforehand? It's Black Mirror episodes from Donkeys years ago. Oh, Donkeys years yeah, ago. It's new okay. Yeah, it's on the new ones. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so they, they agree not to check the expiry date, but it's driving him mad, so he checks it on his own, and it goes from being, like, quite a long relationship, and then it just keeps reducing and reducing and reducing and recalibrating down to quite a short one. Um, and it's because he's checked it without her. They can keep the expiry date the same, and they can, but if they, have, they have to check it together. He's done it on his own, so he's fucked it for himself. Um, and then that one ends, and then I think they run into each other at some kind of an event and then they try and run away together and blah 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 but then it turns out that the people that you've been watching having these short and long-term relationships and stuff like that are basically the algorithms in a dating app virtually matching people up and testing the theories that the algorithm has mm. and then the real people outside of the phones meet up because the algorithm's already done all its trial and error does that make sense? Kind of. It's a good episode, actually. I will not watch it. Oh, you won't. Um, so yeah, so Black Mirror. I've been, I've been Black Mirroring. Um, I obviously went to rewatch The Flash. How was it on a second watch? Much the the bad effects are much more noticeable when you're not being distracted by the story. I think. Because you're looking at it, and like I think when you're watching it first time around, everything's quite fast moving, and you like you can be a bit more caught up in it. But then like watching it again, it's like oh no, they're not they're not bad effects, Becky. They're 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 perfectly intentional. It's just how Barry would view it in from the Speed Force. Or even that baby. Even the baby, Once yeah, all down. of it. Mm. So anyway, but yeah, no, still really enjoyed it. I think the film itself is solid. It should have been the last one. <laughs> I, 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 the fact I, that Aquaman is still to come after that is just mind-blowing. Yeah. And like, it, I said to you the other day, didn't I? It basically means that like Batman can't turn up in Aquaman now unless they get George Clooney. He's not gonna, but I, just, I, I don't even think Aquaman is going to turn up in Aquaman at this rate. <laughs> I think they should have released Aquaman first and had, had The Flash been the last of. Just release them the same weekend. Well... Yeah. So, so what is it going to be Patrick Wilson in the Lost Kingdom because I'd be up for it 
just, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, it's really confusing. Um, as to why they've done that, but yeah, still really enjoyed it. I think it's, I think it's very good. I think it's, it's, it's better than its box office would suggest. Should we, should we pause your what is it so you're coming back in strong after that <laughs> yeah yeah can do right here so what we decided to do was Becky's going to break mm. up her what we've been watching so we don't like she doesn't disappear for ages cool good idea um, however while we talk about uh, the next film I'm going to ask if she can go and get me a drink thank you so well we've got a fucking choice here so I'm going to go Extraction 2 is written oh, and directed okay. by Sam Hargrave and stars Chris Hemsworth, um, Golfshti uh, Fahani, Adam Besson, um, and then fucking, what's his name? Idris' elbow turns up and Olga Kurlikenko fucking turns up as well. She does. She doesn't, but it's a why are you here <laughs> of a performance. A little bit. Um... So, I brought up the IMDB so we can say what the fuck is it about. Um, and it is, after barely surviving his grievous wounds from his mission in Dakar, Tyler Rake is back and his team is ready to take on their next mission. So, essentially, he's got to go and extract his ex-wife's sister and her kids from a Georgian prison where they are being held because their gangster because her gangster husband is being held there. It's the mm-hmm. basic kind of gist of it. It's very it's very bare bones of story, I would say, extraction to, which is not necessarily a criticism. Um mm. Ian, we both kind of enjoyed extraction, didn't we? Yeah, pleasant surprise that was. Yeah, it was actually. Um Extraction 2, did you continue to be pleasantly surprised or were you, did it go up or down? I mean, it's it's alright. I couldn't, I, I didn't remember really a thing about the first one other than like it looked like he died at the end. Yeah. So the fact that it doubles down so much on his relationship with like those two other people, mm. I was a bit... I, I, yeah, I don't remember who you are. I, 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 was, I was watching it going... Wait, were you in the first one? Did he save you? I can't remember what went on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it's got some... The, the thing is, the action in it, I think, is good more because Chris Hemsworth seems like he's really into it. Yeah. More than what's actually happening. Because I, one of the things... I think that needs to stop is fake one shots. I both I agree with you, but however, there were bits of this that I really liked for a reason that I think people have criticised it for, which has left me going, it, "Why is this a bad thing?" So the, the the prison break essentially is all done as if it's one shot, but it's quite obviously yeah. not one shot. Yeah. There's bits within it where I genuinely was like going, this is just a video game. But I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. I I, I thought it was fucking kinetic to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it it is. It just the illusion breaks mm. when it's 
Well, that was against the green screen. That was a cut. You know, it, it, it's if it was individual shots, and because they were individual shots, you were able to have more practical things going on in it, then great. But there were times when it felt like the only practical things on screen were Chris Hemsworth and the person he was punching. Yeah. And that that's that's where I check out slightly. But the sheer... From the prison break to when that train crashes, yeah, I, I, I like, yeah, like it. That wasn't all one shot, but it's basically all one chase with a series of kind, or, or like one action sequence with a series of one one shots within in in bunny years within them, yeah. And that entire section is like breathless, yeah. And it, it just keeps going, and it's great in terms of the pacing. And then the the siege on that like that place where they they're, they're holed up is good as well. It's not it's not as good, no, it's but good. it's good. But it's still good. I, yeah, it, it's a it's, it's a, a rare one that I would say it's the film is so much better when the action is going on. But the bits without the action are, are still pretty good. The only bit where I was like, I don't care, were the people that he was actually saving. I had zero care for them in any yeah. way whatsoever. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Like, the, the, the lad is just, from the moment he's like, where's dad? It's like, right, well, you're going to turn on him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a betrayal. But, like, the, the, but just to slightly finish my point... Um, but then I think what's really smart is that they don't try to do right. This is this action scene's going to top everything at the end by just having a bit of a Scorpion. fist fight. Yeah, you know, and I I think that's that's smart, you know. But I, I, I Chris Hemsworth is very good in this. He's giving a shit. I think he actually pulls off the emotive stuff. Mm, but yeah. my one ask for Extraction Free, let's just have some fucking fun. Idris Elba at the end is just like, come meet my boss. He's a fucking maniac or whatever it is that he says. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, w- I want to meet your boss. Yeah, but were you thinking, wait, who is it though? And then you're like, oh, we're not going to find out. And he's like, it's because they don't know yet. <laughs> no, and it'll be Ryan Reynolds, you know, or some shit. I, I hope it's Nick Cage or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's, yeah, that's, that's what you want. And like, I, oh, I want Extraction Free to be... Yeah, oh, God, that'd be great. But I, now... I was thinking in my brain going, oh, go on, have it be Statham. <laughs> but it, it, he's like he's laid his ghosts to rest and whatnot. And now, him, Idris Elba and Statham can have some fucking fun. Oh, gosh, she's hit for, uh, Farahini is, is great, in it? That's, oh, yeah, no, she, she's, yeah, she's great. Those two, those two need to fuck in the next one. They do need to fuck in the next one. Um, it, 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 I, the thing is I don't think it's quite it's not the surprise that Extraction was because Extraction was a surprise no but it's you know. but it's also it's also a pushing two hour movie that maybe does feel a little bit too long but that that nails a a really good action set piece um, like you say Hemsworth is I saw an interview where he was talking about the difference in um, in physically preparing for um, 
this role in comparison to like Thor or the Hulk Hogan movie. Um, and he was, it was, it, it wasn't, he was talking about diets that the interview that I saw him with, and he was saying about. Uh, for Thor and then for the the Hulk Hogan one, he was saying, "Look, I, I I'm just consuming so much like food because I'm having to put on so much bulk that it's there." He said, "But I just feel heavy, and I just I feel tired." He said, "Whereas uh, for doing extraction, because you couldn't I couldn't be that big." And um, and do the scenes because there has to be more agility. Then I had to have more energy. He said, so I had to lean down loads. And he was like, it, it was probably the the leanest I have been in a decade. He said, but I probably had the most defined muscle that I've ever had. He said, so it's this really weird thing of having a scale right down. Um, so it's quite interesting hearing him him talk about like the physicality of of preparing for something so different uh, to what he was used to. Mm. Yeah, and it, it and it, yeah, I, I, it's I, I yeah, I, it, Hansworth's an interesting one. He really is like. You know when when um, was it Scorsese put out that thing a few weeks back when he was like, and then Hemsworth reacted. He's like, you know, I want to work with these guys. These are my heroes, like Scorsese and Tarantino. And it kind of sounds like they're not interested in working with me. And it, it, it's, I I feel I feel sad for him there. But at, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to feel too sad for Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Um, but it, it's with these films. I don't know. It's. He's got a little bit of a niche here in this like Netflix original actions franchise. They're like Gal Gadot's going to try to do with that Heart of Stone, but it looks and shit. it's just not going to pull off. And this looks yeah, this, like, you know he, he his look good. Yeah, like Red Notice, like they still swear there's going to be a Red Notice two at some point. Like they were talking about a Grey Man cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. That has anyone been talked about that for the last year? No. But this has done well. It's got a lot of views. There's uh, there's probably going to be... The fact that it's a Netflix film and they so sequel set up, you kind of feel like Netflix would have to do it, mm. almost, like, at, at this point. And I'm, I'm sure it'll do well. Apparently but, there is going to be an Extraction 3. But yeah, but what I do worry about is the amount of money that they're putting into them, where you, at points, you just do have some dodgy-as-fuck CG in this. And it it takes you out of it, and yeah, I d- I don't know. I just I feel like if this was being made for theatrical release, they would probably give it more money because there'd be more chance of recouping that money, and it would look better as a result. I don't remember there being quite as much high octane CG stuff in the first one, but maybe I'm wrong. And don't think there was, but even saying that, some of like the actual, you know, the the two hundred odd million dollar plus blockbusters we've had in the past couple of years have had some ropey as fuck looking CG in them. You know, the Flash. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't yeah. care how much yeah, he says that that was intentional. It wasn't. Even, yeah, just even and a lot of people have said this is not an original thought, but. The fact that you know this film, like, took fucking ages to come out. They had time. Mm. They had time. 
But yeah, I, I, the thing is, I'll happily watch a third. Yep. But yeah, he's got because he's got he's in Furiosa as well, isn't he? Um, yep. Is Hemsworth next year? I believe it's May next year that comes out. So, is it next year? Is it really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a big yeah. it's a big what is it one for next year? Is Furiosa? Yeah, yeah nice. A big May bumper one. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not shit on this. I, I, I enjoyed this um, a, a, a good deal. Um, do I think it's a great movie? No. But is it a, a fun action movie where, weirdly, Chris Hemsworth is in a world where I don't think action stars necessarily exist that much anymore as A-listers. Chris Hemsworth kind of is one. And it's kind of fun. That we've got one of those. But as well, he does his films and then he fucks off. Yes, he's got a, a fitness app, but he's not trying to sell me his own brand of fitness water that I know of. Or um, he, he, as of yet, I don't think he's bought a netball team or anything like this. We'll wait and see. But... I'm just, I mean, I, I enjoy the fact that he just fucks off to be a dad when he's not making movies. Yeah. But our audience polls, I forgot to do the audience poll for about Chris Hemsworth? Blackberry, yeah. He's got a literal fitness app. Yeah, but I said, I did say he has ah. a fitness app, but he's okay. not shilling. No. Tequila. Yeah. Um, extraction 2, definitely not shit, 43%. Touching Cloth, 14%, and Shit, 43%. Blackberry was an even split, by the way, of all of them being 33%. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, right. Shall we? Shall we move away from action and move to someone who just wants to get some action? Fucking to seamless, get paid. Seamless, that one. No Hard Feelings um, is... Directed by and written by Gene Stopinski. Which, yeah. Yeah, I can see why. Oh, is it the writer of Bad Teacher? Things start to fall into place and make sense. Um, stars Jennifer Lawrence, Andrew Barth Feldman. I promise that's his real name. Um, a man in a Matthew Broderick skin suit. Um, and other people. Um, what is no hard feelings about? Can, can I ask, did you guys talk about how upsetting it was seeing Michael Ironside, but also at the same time, mate, you're in your later years, I'm glad you're eating well. It, it was weird. When you said that he looked like he was one cheeseburger away from keeling over, when he walked on screen, I shot a back and went, fucking Liam was right, he does. He was, he was sweating. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I don't know. It's just like, there's a little bit, there's a part of fuck it, I'm going to die soon, but also not fuck it so I can die later. Like, nah, yeah. fuck it, go for it, mate. Yeah. There's a difference between living and surviving. <laughs> On the brink of losing her home, Maddie finds an intriguing job listing. Helicopter parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell. Did they mention that he's 19? Did they mention that he's 19, so it's not that weird? He's 19. It's still fucking weird. 
Uh, she has one summer to make him a man or die trying. Mm. Uh, Ian. Mm. No hard feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think? So this afternoon I attended a course on uh, critical thinking at work. And it's talking about you know when you you you're assessing something you need to look at things from you know differing points of view and really interrogate the 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 question you're being asked and the the supporting evidence that is is being put being put in front of you before you 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 make a decision one one of the other things as well is like just trying to take away sub subjectivity and and get to the best objective decision for you and 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 the business and 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 your team and the business as a whole um and when it comes to no hard feelings i can't employ any kind of critical thinking my brain goes to the lizard brain state of I, 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 Jennifer Lawrence, num, 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 num. <laughs> um, so I'm not entirely sure that anyone can take anything that I'm about to say seriously. Um, or, nor should you take anything that I say seriously. And I, I would love to apply critical thinking to this, but Jennifer Lawrence, num, 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 num. Mark? Yep. Over to you. Uh, right. The thing is, I would say out of the three of us, Jennifer Lawrence aside, just in general, this is any actress within it. I would say this is more my wheelhouse than than you two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I would say that I can fucking quite literally lap these things up like a motherfucker. You know the the weirdness of them uh, doesn't bother me, and I quite you know I do my best work in these shallow pools. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll get into the, the the. I don't think that the story is icky. I just don't. Now, there's a hypocrisy to that because if the roles were flipped and the sorry the genders were flipped, yes, it would be icky. But that's just the world we live in, so we can fucking move along from that. The thing is. This film gets along, and I enjoyed this movie for two things. One, Jennifer Lawrence is 100% committed to it and has actually said that now she thinks that that this is it. She might have found her niche, which is R-rated comedies. And that she, that, that's where she might pitch herself now, is just doing these R-rated comedies. Mm. Um, and she's, she's good at it. She's engaging to watch. I think what makes the film engaging to watch, because if it was just her being engaged to watch, it would get old quite quickly, is that Andrew Barr Feldman is also quite fun to watch. And he's not just this complete wallflower um, that is there, that is kind of scared of things. You know, the fact that he fucking swears, drinks, and stands up to her. It, it, It makes his character have a backbone. It's just that he's... He, he's not the teenage boy from when she was growing up. Yeah. And that's what kind of makes it interesting. However, it's badly written. 
And it is appallingly directed. Which you get a sense of, like, from literally the first scene in the movie. Because, Ian, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, the first scene in the movie is her having her car repossessed, isn't it? Yes. So, it's a guy she used to date repossessing her car, and there is a big thing made of during that scene and the preceding scene that he hooks on the car, right, to the back of his tow truck. Doesn't he? Yes. And yet, when he drives off, we get a shot from the back of the tow truck seeing her watching the tow truck leaving and there's no fucking tow at the back of the truck and no car. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Because it's that shot where she's there and then the other guy kind of walks out. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's a good point. There really should be a car there. Yeah. And then later on, when huh. she's talking yeah. to her pregnant friend and, 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 and the pregnant friend's partner, he's like whittling on this bit of wood Mm-hmm. And there's loads of like little shavings of wood in front of him. Yet every time they come, these are really small things, but they're just like really do better. Yeah, but you notice them yeah. though. Like, but then when the shot yeah. is from behind him, there's nothing on the table in front of them like, at all. And it's just like all you are interested in is look, I've got Jennifer Lawrence being horny in my movie, and it, it just feels a little bit. It reminded me of that that really bad one, um, Cha Cha Real Smooth, where it's just like these young directors. I mean, this guy even that young; he's in his forties. Mm. These young writer directors have managed to get like hot A-listers in their movie and kind of get to live out kind of weird fantasies with them, and it. That feels icky in comparison to the the storyline. Doesn't feel uh, icky. It feels the storyline just feels a little bit like right. This just doesn't feel like something that would happen in an, in a world that exists. But I'm going to let you off. Okay, so I think I agree with all those points, but Jennifer Lawrence was on the rewatchables a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And the film that she picked to do was Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, she loves Dumb and Dumber. She's set yeah, for, yeah. She, she, I think when she got when she did the letterbox thing, she meant she had Dumb and Dumber in one of her letterbox top fours. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's anything that she's doing in this film. I believe it's because Jennifer Lawrence has reacted to the screenplay and gone, "Yeah, I'll do that." Like there, I, I, I it's interesting. Like the nude scene. Where she is very full frontal mm. in multiple shots, and, and, and I, in my brain, I was going, "That's a body fucking double." They've done some CG on it, and, and apparently, it's not. No, and it's not. No, and it's her. It's her, and it's because she wants to be in an R-rated raunchy comedy, like she, like the kinds that she grew up with, and she wants to do one by herself. Yep. And I'm, I'm just a bit, you know. Yes, all right. I'm, I, I lizard braining it but also fair fucking play but in the same thing she did say as well that I, I am happy to go nude but I won't do it if it's in an erotic sex scene I'll just no, do no, it if it's in a comedy that, scene and, it's, yeah. and, and and that was funny and it it, it it is funny like a 
full frontal naked Jennifer Lawrence kicking the shit out of drunk people trying to steal her clothes. Yep. And like just that one where like she, I don't know what the move is, but in like it, like picks him up and then like <laughs> drops them like back. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it, it's it, it it's great. It's just it, I I I've, you know. And it's not like I'm like, I'm going to jerk off to that or because, you know, I, I don't think I would actually because she's just kicking the shit out of people. It's not quite my thing. But it, it's... Coward. Yeah, I, I... But I don't know. But yeah. But I mean, like, the bit the bit where she first first goes to the sh- animal shelter and, you know, and, and when she's trying to come on to him... Um, Oh, and, and in that room, and just some of the shit that he comes out with is, and they've just got great chemistry yeah. together. There. He's, he's like they, good. He's he, the Andrew Barr felt an incredible name, but he's re- he's really good, you know. Th- th- and this is the thing: it's like I think those two that works, which I think maybe papers over a lot of the film, but also. Was I ever expecting this film to be more than it is? No. No. And it's not anything more than it is. And I think that everybody achieved their objective. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, the I, I mean, the guy, Andrew Baffel, he, he's a he's a musical, he's a stage musicals guy. Was he an Evan Hansen at some point? I think I he was, was yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, was. And yeah. he was also in like Catch Me If You Can. But when he gets up to the piano to start playing that tune and he starts playing a few notes on it and you're there going, fuck, is he about to play Manny? <laughs> yeah. That's a great scene. And he rips the shit out of it. It's, yeah, it's it is great. really fucking good. Um, but then you've got the, the moment of where she reacts to it of like, oh, shit. I'm I'm the song now. <laughs> That's how he sees me, but he doesn't see it because he doesn't know what the song's about. He's, he thinks that he's being quite romantic <laughs> with it. He's really quite funny. I, I do you know what mm. I enjoyed it? And I will watch it again because it's a fun movie. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's. You know what's going to happen two beats before everything that happens. But so what? It's, what, under 100 minutes before credits? Uh, yeah, I think it is. It, it was shorter than I was expecting because we've all been fucking ruined by Apatow going over two hours. Yeah, but but if, if you can't be funny in 95 minutes, then you can't be funny. Mm. That, that's it comedy you know if you're doing a, a plus two hour comedy you better be really fucking funny like really fucking funny um, I, I I am not quite will go to bat for this movie but I had a good time with it it's fun and it kind of does exactly what it says on the tin so I'm good with it yep Definitely not shit. Definitely Good not time. Sh- yeah, definitely shit. I forgot to do an audience poll for it uh, because I forgot we watched it. Oh, also, um, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you were to show a photo of somebody of Matthew Broderick and then go, 
go, how, you know, the, the, you know the, 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 the meme thing of how did this become this? <laughs> how did Ferris Bueller become that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm glad it's doing well. I'm got it, it, it. Like it exceeded its expectations, and I, I, I think that's great. And more power to Jennifer Lawrence for doing something like like this. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that she's doing it out of choice, not out of date. Like fuck, I need to do something. It's very much yeah. like she's made it very aware that no, do you know what? I, I, I'm in a position where now I can choose what I want to do, and this is what I want to do. And I'm if if this is what Jennifer Lawrence is going to do now, and it's just going to be R-rated comedies for like the next four or five years, and we get another three or four of these, I'm very much like yeah, go on then. Hopefully, with a more age-appropriate host, are they? But that it's honestly it's not a problem in the film. It's just not. Ian. No. Yeah. Well, actually, should we go back to you, Becky, on what you've been watching? And then okay. it, it can link into one of the what I've been watching, and I can do mine, and he can do his, and it'll all run fucking seamlessly. Okay, so I watched one, two, three, four, five, six Mission Impossible cinematic masterpieces. First one being the uh, Fallout trailer when we got back from Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which then inspired me to think, well, do you know what? Mission Impossible's not that far away. I think I'm going to start my rewatch. So, um, yeah, so I have watched up to Rogue Nation. Uh, Mark watched Rogue Nation with me. Um, it is really strange seeing the evolution throughout the series of films um, when you go back on and watch them all relatively close together because... They are kind of, they're a bit monster of the week to start off with, aren't they? And it's, you know, different director, um, different vibe from all of them. And it's, there's not an awful lot of cohesion until you get to the Macquarie ones. Um, which I just, I think is quite an interesting thing to note that they, they all feel very different. And then you've got, well, hopefully... A really good trilogy slash quadrilogy. Is it a quadrilogy if it's four? I mean, the alien quadrilogy DVD set people invented that word. Okay. But yes, we'll go sure. With that then. Um, so it's it's like two different series, two different like franchises, but with the same main character. It's 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 kind of an odd vibe. Um, the Abrams one is really strange because it's. It's it's there's a lot more forced quippery going on in that one, and then the John Woo one. Is it John Woo? Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's a lot of birds flying around. It's a lot of slow mo. Yeah. Um. So it's it's quite it's quite good to kind of see the fingerprints of the various people that have done them on them, mm. and then I I don't feel like they really become the. Mission Impossible movies that I fell in love with and subsequently went back and loved the older ones until Rogue Nation. Is that a brilliant segue? <laughs> Can be. Ghost Protocol is very complicated. Ghost Protocol is quite complicated, but it does have Tom Cruise climbing the Burj Khalifa. That is fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. When his fucking glove starts failing. Yeah. 
Do you, do you know what? I think that might be why I'm always a bit uh when I think about rewatching Ghost Protocol again. Is it because you know that just... your heart will be in your mouth for that whole time? No, there's just a lot going there's on. A lot going oh, on. Oh yeah, it's in Ghost Protocol. I think it's because they're not sure if they're handing the baton over. That's the one with the fucking water shit as well, isn't it? Where he had to hold his breath for ages. No. No, that's, that's Rogue, Rogue Nation. Nation. Is that a Rogue Nation? Yeah, Rogue Nation. Do is, I? I, it, I, I, I think. I think I really like Fallout because it's a very just straight down the line plot. It doesn't zig or zag too much. I don't think Rogue Nation's particularly complicated, though. No, Rogue Nation's is 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 Rogue Nation for me is one of the tightest in terms of script blockbusters I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, okay. I need to give Rogue Nation another go because I'm not I'm not doing I'm not doing all six again. I'm not. I don't no, have I, enough time I, in my life for the third one. I'm doing so Rogue Nation Fallout before. Yeah. I'll do yeah. The I Becky could Berg probably do Rogue was. Nation. I'll definitely do Fallout. Maybe I'll do Rogue Nation. But I think you like because MI three is all... just such a fucking <sighs> not not well maybe not but just like MI two is interesting because it's woo. You got MI three. It's basically JJ Abrams going. What if Mission Impossible three was kind of a relationship drama? But also Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. He's There's so some televisual it, shit about yeah, the is. third one that I can't get over. I don't know. I really liked three. I don't mind three. I think three kind of it humanizes him a bit more by giving him a an outside I of the IMF life. But Philip, I don't Seymour... want him to be a human. <laughs> I want him to be. I lost all my team in the first one, and now I'm going to make sure that no one else ever dies. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god! That, that, that... The face is in that one as well, isn't it? Michelle Monaghan. No, 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 no. The the other girl out of um... uh, uh, from Felicity. Out of the Americans. Hang on. That makes pies. Kerry Russell. Kerry Russell. That bit where she fucking dies and her eyes go all wonky is oh, god, yeah. awful. Yeah, she's a brilliant blonde. Yeah, because right, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the thing. There's loads of good bits in it, but it. I swear to fucking God, that thing... I think it's the cinematography of it. I don't know. There's something about that film that just looks like a fucking TV episode. And fair play, it was J.J. Abrams' first film, but he made it look like a TV it, episode. It's, it, it's Abrams' directive that, 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 is the, that makes it look weird. I don't know, though. It's, it, they all have merit for me. And Threes is... It's the introduction of Benji. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I, I like the fact that Ethan Hunt gets made human and gets given a life outside of the IMF because it makes what he does more of an achievement. Like, if he's if he's always just Ethan Hunt, super agent, that's just that's just who he is. And then it, what he does becomes less impressive. But then when you see him as just, like, a guy making cocktails for his fiancée and her girlfriends at an engagement party, and he's just being, like, a guy... Yeah, but he's letting people die. He's not letting people die. Yeah, get, no. Mission Impossible 1, his whole team dies, right? And now, he can't ever let anyone die ever again. Mission Impossible 3, he's having a comfortable fucking solo happy life life. Nah, mate, nah. You need to make sure people don't die. That's what you need to do, Ethan Hunt. You need to kill yourself, making sure that people don't die. And by the end of 6, he's come to peace with... 
I'm just in a life where I make sure people don't die. Goodbye, Michelle Monaghan. Rebecca Ferguson, maybe we'll fuck from time to time. I don't know. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm slightly sexless. But that's fine. You don't know if I have a dick or a nubbin. Cool. And 3, 4, 5, 6 are this arc of him realising I don't need to be a normal person. I'm Ethan Hunt. Yes, and that's what se- a sad arc that he can't have it, any other kind of life. You're not supposed to like. But, but, it's but it's the life most men wish they could have. Well, I would argue but they're afraid you, to say you so. You couldn't have that if you didn't have number three. No, that's her. Her getting involved and almost getting killed in number three is what sets him off on the on the course no, direction of the death the of all his people at the start of one. Is that? It isn't, though, because otherwise he wouldn't have retired in three. No, he retires in three because he meets Michelle Monaghan, though. That's the thing. She's the fucking fly in the ointment of this whole thing. Mission Impossible 3 can go fuck itself, Bex. Yeah, there you go. I'm done. You can't can't change my mind. That's fine. We'll agree to disagree. Yeah, Yeah, you're wrong. Moving on. Um... But yeah, Big he's, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is such a good buddy in that. Yeah, he's a great buddy. Yeah. And then, yeah, so next one's Ghost Protocol, obviously. Burj Khalifa and a lot Burj- of running. Yeah. <laughs> so much running. He runs really far. Tom Cruise has got really fucking good hair in Ghost Protocol as well. He has, he has good hair in the first, in, in two as well. Yeah. And, and three, to be and fair. I think he's got good hair in three. I think he does. does he? Yeah, from what I remember. There's a shot of him just doing his like Tom Cruise smile and it's like, oh, yeah, do you know what? You'd get it. Um, but yeah, and then obviously Rogue Nation, the start of the Rebecca Ferguson trilogy. Yeah. Quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Well, she might not survive dead reckoning. Nah, she will. Um, so yeah. And then heavy keen for our next date night where we're going to watch Fallout. <laughs> well, yes, we watched Rogue Nation, didn't we? Yes. Uh, we both watched that. Um... Um, yeah, it's it's fucking tight, is this movie? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's so fucking good. <laughs> Thing is, like, I, I can kind of see what you mean. In like, there is there is a lot going on, but I don't think it in Rogue Nation. Yeah, uh, Ghost Protocol. There's lots going on. Yeah, Rogue Nation. I think it's just it's so well balanced and well it's well it, it flows perfectly. I think. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't. I... That's literally what I was about to say. All right. oh, sorry. It's a lot going on. There's a lot of story and there's a lot of like twists and turns, but it never. It's so well made that it never leaves you behind. So like while I was watching Ghost Protocol, there was bits where I was like, "Hang on a second, what?" And I had to like rewind a bit to just like rewatch the previous scene because it was like, "What?" It, what? <laughs> whereas whereas Rogue Nation, there's there's all there, there is a lot of twisty shit. It's a spy movie, but it. It takes it. It takes you with it. What I like about Rogue Nation is it makes it makes him fallible to an extent. Like yeah. he he's not always the one saving everybody. He gets saved in this movie as well. Yeah, and it sets up it sets up the relationship that he's going to have that he that he ends up having with uh, Elsa because um, it, it's. They are both within the light, and she he sees her as an equal. What a fucking name as well, Elsa Faust. 
Yeah, it's a it's a fucking kick ass fucking name. It is a kick ass name. But it's the fact that he's really intrigued by it. Mm. it. There's such a subtle bit that happens in that first interaction with it, where she walks in and she takes off her shoes, and he kind of looks and like, why? What's going on here? Why is she just taking those off? <laughs> um, and yeah, it just goes on from there, and it, it it's got a caper element to it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's just really high quality filmmaking, mm. and I'm really, really looking forward to rewatching Fallout as well. Just because I remember liking Rogue Nation, but really liking Fallout. So excited to rewatch Fallout. Yeah. What else have you watched, Bex? That's it. Ian, we'll fly across to you. What have you been watching? Or what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's been a, a good chunk of Wes Anderson, so obviously we'll talk about Asteroid City next week. But um, uh, So, yeah, Isle of Dogs. Um, when you have a dog, that film kind of hits differently. Really liked it. Lottie really liked it. Um, kind of just put it on in front of her, and then she ended up watching the whole thing. Um, yeah, they're cracking. Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Love I love it. <laughs> it's just Bill Murray, Bill Murraying the fuck up, and it rules. Um, yeah, the Mark Mothersbaugh score is incredible in that film as well. Um, it, it, yeah, it's Anderson getting a blank check. People go in, oh, he's um, he's gone over his skis with this one at the time, and no, he didn't. I, I, um, I am very much with Life Aquatic of one of those. I wish I liked it, and I have tried so many times to watch it, but I just don't get on with it. It's one of my favourite West Anderson. Everyone says that, and I just, I, I just, every time I watch it, I'm just like, yep, yeah, do you know what? This isn't for me. I'm glad other people didn't like it. Yeah. It's got an end title sequence, which is basically Anderson doing the end titles from Buckaroo Banzai, and Jeff Goldblum's in both of them, and I think that's great. Um... Yeah, do you know Grand what? Budapest Island Limited probably are my favourites. You see, I didn't re-watch Darjeeling Limited this time round, but I, I've had a complicated relationship with that film. And the last time round, I was like, hang on a second. If you just kind of realise that Anderson does think that these guys are fucking idiots who learn to be slightly less idiots, I can get on board with it. But there's, there's also a lot of... Um, there is some kind of cultural tourism about that film, which, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's that uh, that bit where the, the kid dies, if I remember correctly, and it, it I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, some of that film sits a little funny with me, but I like it more than I did at the time. That was like the first Anderson film that, at the time, I really rejected. Um, and that film's like sixteen, seventeen years old now. Uh, wow, time. <laughs> Um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, absolute five star banger. Um, that film is fucking incredible. Um, the it's the fact that Anderson's basically created a world there. You know, it's like fake, but based on fact. Euro, like European nations, and like the, the kind of the culture between them, and the kind of like the like like the rise of fascism being told within this kind of like silly story i i and i mean just production design up the wazoo i score fucking rules as well i think it's 
uh, Alexandre Desplat with that. But yeah, wonderful film. So uh, yeah, a few Wes Andersons. And um, do you know what's not a f- Wes Anderson film? What's not a Wes Anderson film? Little Nicky. <laughs> do not want to watch for the middle of these. So, yeah, um, Little Nicky, it's on Amazon Prime. And I was like, well, fuck, I haven't seen this in a number of years. My, my key takeaway from this, there's a running joke about things being inserted up Hitler's arse, which I think these days, I kind of feel like some fucking idiots might be like, well, I, th- I, I, I think this film's actually quite offensive towards Hitler. And, you know, he had some good ideas. I, I genuinely feel like some people might be pissed off about the portrayal of Hitler in this one today. Um, this, this, but at the same time, this film also couldn't be made today because um, there's some real transphobic shit in it. There is a running joke about a... Um, Guy who dresses up like a woman and likes to touch his nipples. Um, Doesn't Rodney Dangerfield play Lucifer in this? Rodney Dangerfield plays Lucifer, Lucifer's gr- dad. Lucifer's He's Nicky's granddad. Right. And, I, I, and I, I, I've just, seen it once, and 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 yeah, yeah, never again. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it's Rodney Dangerfield playing Rodney Dangerfield if he was a two-week-old corpse, in like how he looks. It's very odd. I can't imagine he lived that long past this, actually, because it looks like he's about to keel over. Um, and um, Tarantino plays a blind preacher. Who has a, in it, isn't he? Yeah. Yep, running joke about him saying we're all going to hell and then bumping into something. Um, I, I, the, the, the thing is, it's got enough juvenile shit that makes me laugh spread out through it and just a sense of they're never going to make a film like this again you know where it's like a comedy star has some absolute wall-to-wall bangers and then basically gets a blank check and makes a film where he plays the son of satan with a speech impediment um and a like fucked up face because he got hit through for the whole film who teams up with a talking dog um, to try and get his brothers to put themselves back in a bottle. It looks like it cost too much and too little at the same time. Um, Reese Witherspoon plays spoiler alert for Little little Nicky um, Little Nicky's mum who had four daiquiris and fucked Harvey Keitel um. Yeah, I feel like the death of the monoculture means that we can't get films like this anymore, and this film will be cancelled at some point. Adam Sandler's going to get cancelled at some point for some shit. Um, I think if that was if that was going to happen, it'd have happened by now. It, there's there's already like I saw somewhere in the last few weeks. Something talking about like Happy Gilmore and how he's a reprehensible dickhead and he's not likable and he's not funny and fuck it, you know. It, it, there's, it, I mean, it, it comes with that whole kind of like the weird rise of like the late teens, early twenties being weirdly Puritan in a way that like far right evangelicals are, and that there's an there's a a bit of that to it all. 
I, I already feel like I'm 39 and I feel like by the time Lottie's a teenager, I'm going to have opinions that I'm going to need to keep them to myself, even though they're probably perfectly okay opinions now, just in case I get fucking cancelled by my own daughter. What what I would say to that is, it's it's a uh, the majority of of people of a, of a, a teenage age probably do still quite like Adam Sandler movies. They're still really fucking popular. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I the reason why he he will get cancelled is him himself is just by all accounts a really good fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, quite. I mean, he's it married to the same woman for like over 10, 20 years. I think they just had their anniversary recently. I think I saw him on Instagram talking about that, and that's brilliant. And Jackie Sandler actually plays one of the angels in this as well, which is which is funny. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just it's a film that would not be made today. Is it good? Not particularly. Did I enjoy it? Would be lying if I said no. That's me. All right. Wes Anderson and Little Nicky. Well, I've watched a few um, leading into our final main review. Uh, rewatched the Simpsons movie. Could not watched it in like a long, long time. Probably over a decade. Mm. Um, and it was like, I mean, it's, and this film's like, what, 16 years old? And so there's probably been as much time since the Simpsons movie as there was from the Simpsons starting to people saying there needs to be a Simpsons movie. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, what was it? 2006? 2007. Simpsons start. 2007. Simpsons started in 89. So that was 18 years. And it's been 16 years since it. And it's been sixteen years. Fuck me. Yeah. Now the thing is, I I wow. I am a Simpsons fan, but I stopped watching The Simpsons about 10, 12 years ago. Mm. Uh, I and I I you know because it's available now on Disney Plus and I can watch whenever I want. I will watch like the first series one to twelve. I'll watch episodes from those and nothing kind of beyond that. Yeah. Um, because for me, it just goes off a fucking cliff. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, and it it, it it gets to the point of where it's explaining its jokes to you and it's just doing the same jokes over and over again and every episode has to be on a celebrity guest. And fuck that shit. But there was a tight, like, seven or eight series where it just was brilliant. Um, now, the Simpsons movie is both when it's being, like, the Simpsons, it's really quite fun. When it's been the Simpsons movie, it's not as much fun. And it's it's this really odd kind of they've they've turned everything up because it's a movie. That it just feels like it's almost like I'm looking at it going, ah, this was like the beginning of the end. Yeah, it was. Of it. Mm. And it's kind of sad. I know there's people out there who still love The Simpsons and still like it like that, but I'm just a bit like, of, of like, of classic Simpsons episodes, none of them have come out in the past 15 years. There isn't a classic Simpsons episode that's happened in the past 15 years. Mm. Whereas there were so many. I just don't think it's got as prominent a place in cultural landscape anymore I think it does but I think it's more just out of longevity than anything else now yeah but like like 
people used to sit down and watch the new Simpsons episode. They used to show reruns through the week, didn't they? And then they showed the new one on like a Friday. Yeah. So like so people I, used to sit down to watch the new it, Simpsons episode, and like when the Who Shot Mr. Burns thing was going on. Like, yeah, that was like there was, it was on the news. Yeah. It's just it's not that anymore. No, it, it's not. But, but TV's not that anymore. No. Um, it, we are. We, it's a different world, you know. That it's consumed in a different way. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the movie is both fun and a little bit dull at the same time. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever rewatched it. You know. I also rewatched Air Force One. How was that? Um, it made me go. Do you know what? It seemed fucking really easy to hijack Air Force One. <laughs> yeah it, it just it did it seemed really easy to hijack it <laughs> what I did not realise your watch was like a dynamic screen yeah that's really confusing sorry sorry guys <laughs> I don't have that much to say about Air Force One other than the fact that Wolfgang Peterson made it seem like it would be quite easy to hijack <laughs> Air Force One they just kind of get on it yeah. And they go, how did this happen? Well, they had falsified papers. It's like, really? That's it? That's it? <laughs> Just seemed really easy. Um, so, Ian, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned when I was watching uh, Elizabethtown, Aloha, didn't I? Yep. I decided to rewatch Aloha. Mm-hmm. So I've watched now... What, what I think people would call the bad um, Cameron Crowe trilogy. In I've watched this year, We Bought a Zoo, yeah. Elizabethtown, and Aloha. A movie that people didn't like. No. Um, I liked Aloha. I just did. It's, it's nonsense. Um, it's... It, Emma Stone race bending is a particular kink for you, yes. I mean that when they when when people get all in their panties in the water, I, I kind of I, I knew there was something about it, and I was like, mm, yeah, that is a little bit. But then we, in the actual movie, like, do you know what? It's not really a thing. She's basically saying she's one quarter Hawaiian. Mm. And I'm looking, going, yeah, possibly. <laughs> I just don't see why people got their panties in the water about that bit. Um, she's supposed to be because it's based on a book isn't it yeah isn't she supposed to be Asian and Hawaiian and that's why people are really angry about maybe it? but, the, the but she's not, not the, the film, film. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're two very different things um, and it, it's just like I just I just don't think you need to get that much it, there are worse things in the world don't get so pressed guys um, but the fun bit about it is is it's a movie that's now eight years old and it's about a private billionaire trying to put a satellite into orbit that he's putting that he's hiding weapons on yeah and Bradley Cooper's character kind of realised this so destroys it with sound it's really quite fun <laughs> the sounds that Cameron Crowe decides that he's going to have you listen to that are destroying it it's just quite fun should have been a brown noise it should have been a brown noise yeah but yeah. Hang on, no. Crow apologised about Emma Stone being cast as a character who is stated to be of one quarter Chinese and one quarter Hawaiian descent. So it must come up in the movie. It comes up in the movie. 
But well, then she doesn't look anywhere near one quarter Chinese. I don't remember the Chinese bit though coming up in the movie. Right, well, Wait, right that's fine. But I, I, I just, I just don't think it's that big a fucking deal. <laughs> and it, in a movie that is a Cameron Crowe movie that no one watched apart from me, I don't <laughs> think it's that fucking big a deal. I mean, at this point in time, it's probably not a big deal. But at the time of release, it was probably a big deal. I just, it, it was a, like a thirty million dollar Cameron Crowe movie with it again. Nobody watched. <laughs> at the time of release, they might have. But they didn't. That's the point. <laughs> it's just, I think that that it, it's nitpicking a little bit, unless it is a big thing in the fucking book. But is, is, it, is it based on a book? No, it's not based on a book. the fuck it, there you go. But she's literally stated to be a quarter Chinese. Right, fine. Then there that that was a mistake actors. making it, make it saying she was a quarter Chinese. Yeah, she just not had that. Yeah, you could have done, but I just don't, I, I moved on from that and went, I just don't think that's that big a fucking deal. It's literally a comment that he's made in the movie. Yeah, I, I don't know, it's, I think if it was a bigger deal of a movie, then yeah, fine. But representation uh, that's, is that's, important, isn't it? That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at, Bex. You know, if at the time it landed big, it it, it would it, it would be a big. If this film came out now, to be, I don't know whether it would. I don't know whether Emma. It would even get past casting of Emma Stone. No. I I just. I just don't think it's that fucking big a deal within the, within the context uh, of this movie. I I just I feel like we need to move on there, dude. Like it, it's quarter Chinese, quarter Hawaiian, played by Emma Stone. It's objectively what the fuck. She's the whitest I, white girl. And, like, and I'm not saying that is what I'm just saying. It is a fucking throwaway comment in the movie, and it has been all that people remember about the fucking movie. Mm. Just don't say it in the fucking yeah, film. Yeah, that's though. fine. That's fine. They don't should probably shouldn't have said it in the movie. But I just the panty fuck the panties in a waddingness of it just doesn't really make that much sense. I I I just I think it makes sense. It's just maybe the scale of it doesn't necessarily make sense. There you go. The scale of it in, just doesn't make sense. It, mm. Yeah. It, but in terms of representation, you know, I I think we're not necessarily saying that you think it's okay that Emma Stone was cast as a half Chinese, half, a quarter Chinese, quarter Hawaiian, half white woman. No, I don't think that. I I think is okay. is the. I don't think you could... I'm not looking at going, well, she could definitely fucking pass for quarter Chinese. I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying okay, that. Right. What I'm saying is, it just just fucking move on from that bit because it's a throwaway line in the movie. <laughs> it, the thing is, though, the, the oddness of that is, if that's the case... Why is it there? Why is it even and there? And it shouldn't be there. That's a great question. It is, and it shouldn't be there. And I don't know why it's there. It makes no sense because it has no bearing in the movie. It's weird then, isn't it? Yeah. It's just something she says at one point while studying, while studying Rachel McAdams' house. Very peculiar. But I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. It's very Cameron Crowe. Yeah. But the, what, the only thing that people got annoyed with Cameron Crowe, with Cameron Crowe, is that it's all he's based around his writing. Mm. And he's not writing... He's writing as an older man rather than a younger man. Mm. So it, it's it's different. He's writing about he's writing about 
different generations of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, almost famous singles, he was writing about young people. And now he's not. He's writing about people who are middle age. <laughs> yeah. There's no getting away from it. You know, Bradley Cooper's supposed to be in his 40s in this. Yeah, fair. But, onto a movie that I watched the first time. Go on. And was kind of fucking blown away by. On this. Took me by surprise, this one a little bit. So I watched Captain Phillips for the first time. Oh, I'm the captain now? Yeah. I'd not, I'd not watched it because I thought it's a fucking two and a bit hour movie. Good fucking movie, this. Um, yeah. About something that I just, I don't, it never, I, I don't know. Something just didn't click with it with me. And then I thought, fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. I don't know why, but I thought, fuck it, I'll give it a go. Um, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, banger. Great Greengrass movie. just gets the fucking tension of it all. Um, Barkadabdi is really fucking good at, as um, Muse, the, the pirate. He's like... The guy's doing an awful lot of facial acting. Yeah. Uh, within it um, but he's pulling it off and he's going up against Tom Hanks and kind of holding his own yeah. and Hanks is in really good form yeah. Hanks is in character actor Tom Hanks form rather than movie star Tom Hanks form mm. um, but yeah the, the score and the scale and Everything about it, the tension that Greengrass gets is fantastic. But then you've got, I was like enjoying it and getting caught in the whole, you know, because I, I had no idea that essentially they, uh, um, all spoilers all of the time, and Cat Phillips is a 10 year old movie, but I appreciate I had only just fucking watched it. Um, but he goes, like, it, it's not all set on the ship. The majority of it is actually set on a lifeboat. Oh, okay. Um, off the ship. That they, that they take mm. with him held as a hostage and that's more of the film than it being on the, the uh, container ship that, that it's on uh, which I had no idea about mm. um, but then it, it's really really a, a really good kind of like actiony thrillery movie um, but I was thinking Hanks is fucking great in this but then it, it, it ends with him or, no, you think it ends with him getting off the the pirate ship. Yeah. Uh, with him getting out of the, the lifeboat and then them taking it. Um, but then I, I, at that point, I looked at it and thought, fuck, there's like another quarter of an hour. <laughs> like 20 minutes left, so like five minutes of credits. It's like another quarter of an hour. And because Greengrass, you know, he cut his teeth doing... Um, essentially in TV, but not working in TV, in doing news coverage. Yeah. Is where he, he used to work for ITV News, doing, like, news stories. Uh, that. There, you can see that element coming into it, and you get a whole scene of, essentially, you're following what's happening to um, Captain Phillips after he's Osborne all the time. Um, he, he, he thinks he's about to be killed because he's been... Uh, blindfolded and tied up 
but the the Navy SEALs have shot everybody else within the bit. But he doesn't he doesn't know that and doesn't know what's gone on. Um, and so you've got this this like all one shot scene of him being guided onto the um, the naval vessel uh, and being guided through. When a doctor saying, "Look, we're going to take you in. We're going to what is it?" And then asking him, "You know, how are you feeling?" And, he, and he's like clearly in shock. And Hanks is just taking it to fucking different levels yeah. in acting, and it's it's heartbreaking because he, he can't talk. And Hank is playing it perfectly. He can't talk. And he's just trying to. He's trying to answer and say I'm okay, but not able to answer. And then he's like, so she's saying, you know, are you bleeding? And he's like, I don't know. And he's looking. He's going, I don't know. Is this all mine? Of the blood? And it's not. Mm. And he's saying, my head hurts. My side. I don't. I don't know what's going on. And he just. He, he just looks fucking like just broken. And Hank is just playing it perfectly. That you are kind of watching it, going, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. You know, this is this is a guy who went to fucking work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and literally ended up in this position because it was the only way that he could get that he could save the rest of his crew. And it's just and it's it's fucking horrible. And it, he's playing it fantastically. And I was watching it going, how did he not win an Academy Award for this? <laughs> he's Tom Hanks. Yeah. He should, you know, he got nominated for it, I believe. Oh no, I don't think he did actually. No, he didn't. It was a big thing at the time that he didn't get. Well, he nominated. should because he's fucking brilliant in it. Also, oh, the other guy did. Yeah, he didn't. And I, I, but I can absolutely see why he did get nominated because uh, back in that, then, he, he's he's really fucking good in it as well. Um, but yeah, just a really great. Piece of like proper grown up filmmaking. What's it on? I might give that a uh, I watched it on Netflix, I believe, or Prime, okay. or one of them. But yeah, I, I definitely would. For anybody who's not watched it, because it looks a little bit like a film your dad watches, um, it's not, it's fucking tense as fuck and then heartbreaking towards the end. Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Really good watch. Very much enjoyed it. So moving on, Ian, we have our final, our final fucking uh, feature review. Review? Yeah, let's fucking go. Just going to get up what the IMDB says about it. So it's Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. <laughs> oh yeah. Had to be called that apparently because it, it, it was a worry that it would be confused with another The Covenant or something. Fair play. Um, stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Darcelim, um Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> I didn't. Yep, did not fucking know that was him. Did not until, until I didn't notice it until I went, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> and it was literally the last scene he was in. I did that. <laughs> um, but yeah, what's it about? During the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. Um. Ian, yeah. What did you think of uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant? Yeah, good movie. Um, not, you know, not an absolute banger um, for me, uh, maybe. But yeah, it, it's a somewhat simple to- a story told, you know, very well. But 
with the kind of like the Guy Ritchie kind of man of wrath intensity applied to it at times. Like the um the sequences where Jillian Hall's just like like basically having PTSD mm. and like the whole I have a hook in me. That fucking scene I'm gonna say it now, that scene where he's basically just intensely just scaring Johnny Lee Miller and that Viking um, into doing what he asks. I, I, you were in the room for that bit, weren't you, Bex? Yes. You didn't really watch it, did you? Because no. you, you, I was like watching when you were asleep. Um, yeah. But you were in the room for that bit, and after I turned you and went, Jake Gyllenhaal has that very occasionally gets that De Niro level of intensity mm. where you're just scared. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's he's yeah he's at that level during that. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, didn't feel hoorah at all because the end titles basically go. This is a fantasy. None of this shit really happened because the, the U.S. forces basically left all these fucking people to their yeah. Deaths. It basically says the West fucked over this place. Yeah. You know, which I... It's a pretty fucking ballsy thing. And then, you know, the credits with just, like, shots of military and their interpreters. And you would think that most of those guys probably met a sticky end. It's... Yeah. You know, it's weird, because it's kind of nibbling at the US military through it. And, like, the whole kind of, like, the difficulty and how he's got to, like, take it upon himself to get shit done. But then at the same time, it's like, well, you know, Johnny Lee Miller does pull through with those visas. Mm. It's But then it's only basically because Jake Gyllenhaal saved his life. Mm. It's like he's doing him a favour. It, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird one because it's not hoorah. Nope. But at the same time, it's showing the courage and strength of um, uh, people in the military. I think it's more the people rather people, than the military. It's not the system. Yeah, yeah which I, I, is is the key thing. I think it, it's more subversive than it than it appears. Mm. There's more to it. Like you say, it, it's, yeah. this isn't a... And I, I never thought it was going to be because of Jake Gyllenhaal, the person. Um, I don't, yeah, sure. you know, he, this is the same guy who did Jarhead, uh, which again was a telling off of the of the military. Um, he's the guy who left his sweater with Taylor Swift. He, you know, he's a very serious minded, complicated man. Um, it's, I, I mean, I, it, this is very much Mark Nip. This movie, I would say mm. for sure, um, mm. it being. You know, very much fucking broken men um, for that. So it, it, it ticks the boxes there, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, a fun thing that's come out of this movie is how much of uh, how much of Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar, um, Salim are just like fucking really good friends now. That's great. Like, I mean, that's great. Loads, They've got great chemistry yeah, as well. Loads yeah, loads of like, uh, like even like now, like there was one last week on Jake Gyllenhaal's Instagram stories. Um, was him like uh, 
say like putting the thing out I put a thing out saying um waiting at the airport and he was like right right really like smiling with like, his thumb up and then the next one was for for this guy and it was Dar Salim and it was just it was just because he was coming out to hang at his house flight the weekend. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah! I'm looking at it now. Oh yes, mate. Yeah. Look at that. And he's just like he constantly goes on about the fact that like like one of the best things that could have happened with um, you know one of the best things that happened to me was meeting this guy on this fucking movie. I loved it. Um, but as well, he also he, I think we've said it quite a few times. We've covered a lot of Guy Ritchie movies over the you know the past oh, yeah. like decade. Is Everybody seems to have a good time working on a Guy Ritchie movie. Even his quite the more serious ones. Everyone seems to hang out. And there's always a barbecue in them. Another fun Guy Ritchie thing that seems to be happening, uh, a Guy Ritchieism, is the the wife of the lead character having a really quite masculine profession. <laughs> the fact that he goes off to be a soldier and she runs like a like a vintage auto body shop. <laughs> It's fucking great. It's uh, very similar to the gentleman, because she runs like a a body shop in London as well, doesn't she? Yeah. I just like it that she becomes like a, a Richie thing now. <laughs> Where in all of his films, there's a woman who runs some kind of car thing. <laughs> um, like seriously, Jakey G. I'm looking at his Instagram now. He's into this film. You know, he's he's well like, into really it. Yeah. hard. He, you know, he's. And I like that that John Hall that. You can tell when somebody else has posted something for him and when he's posted it. Because <laughs> when somebody else, it's like a Tom Ford fucking picture from GQ. When it's just him, it's him just fucking just chatting shit about his mates. <laughs> I mean, just him about Darcy. Yeah. The guy on the left is an award-winning actor, trained pilot, veteran of the Danish Royal Guard, damn good chess player, and a lovely human. He is unbelievable in the Covenant. Yep. Not sure who the guy with the shit eating grin on the right is. And it you know, it's him. He didn't have to do that. Nope. Like, that's some real shit. Yeah. Oh, oh that's wonderful. Yeah, there's loads yeah, of people. Right. He just keeps posting like, what is it to him? It, they are just good mates. <laughs> um But I like it simple story. Um really well told. The action in it, it is good. The 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 fact that there's a real sense of danger within it uh-huh. um mm-hmm. you know when they when they find the munitions um place at the mine I, when you're watching you're not expecting everybody to to get killed um no i mean that's a real everybody's dead yeah, everybody's dead dead and and i would also say at the end when they're there and everything's getting shot at and Jill Hall's just looking over at that dude with this this shit, I have fucked up. Look. You you are looking at it going, Oh fuck, is Richie Is Richie gonna just have it that they all die and it just be like that? Cause it would I, it wouldn't surprise me. Cause in your back of your mind you're going, I know that that, that what's gonna ha- what happens is going to happen. But I did have that flicker of Oh wait a minute! Is this just going to be a really bleak ending? But then the ending that happens is okay. It's not a cop out or anything. But it is because because again, like you said, Ian, it goes on to fucking tell people off. But it's, I, it's just a really. It, it's also got that guy Richie element of it as 
every time Jake Gyllenhaal turns up, it's like he's just left a GQ photo shoot. <laughs> he is an incredibly attractive man. Yeah. He is real pretty. He is incredibly yeah. pretty. And there's a lot of bits we watch it going, fuck, he looks good. Like, that's a, that's a good look. Um, I, yeah, um, at the moment, it's in my top ten of the year. I mean, it's in my top ten of the year, but it's because it's been not a great year. It's been uh, a- are you are you fucking joking? You did see Dungeons and Dragons, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is also in my top ten of the year. <laughs> my top ten of the year. What I'm saying is, I would be cool if this movie was still in my top ten at the end of the year, but I have probably another six or seven that are in my top ten of the year so far. That I'm a bit like, God, I up there, not in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I re- I wouldn't be happy if this was in my top ten at the end of the year, and it, it, it's a worry because we're basically halfway through the year. But that feels it, more like a normal year. Yeah, it, it and it and it does. Last year was ridiculous. I I do remember us saying around May, it's weird how many movies might be in my top ten, and we're not even halfway through the year. Yeah. Oh no, no we talked about it last year. Just how many bangers there were. It. It's a shame that that's not the case this year. But this this is a good, definitely not shit film. Yeah, I was definitely not shit on it. Uh, it's probably probably my number two at the moment of the year. What's your number one? Uh, John McFarlane. <laughs> yeah, um, and our audience poll: sixty percent definitely not shit and forty percent shit. Okay. Don't want to put my phone away there because I need to ask questions. So what have we got? What have we got? So da, 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 that's different. Uh, Dill Black Lanterns, give the talk about AI art being used on the Secret Wars. Uh, what is your favourite TV? What is your favourite film or TV opening credits? TV wise, I go the original Equalizer opening credits. It's a film uh, that to live and die in LA money montage. That's fucking good. That yeah. So favourite opening credits. Film seven, TV Twin Peaks. TV Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's a really strong show. And it's the music that I think makes yeah, it, the, to be the fair. the music makes it. But I think the um, the normality and the, yeah, the yeah. softness of the things that are happening to that that score makes it as well. The fact that everything that's happening has got nothing to do with the show. Mm. <laughs> Lex? I don't know the film, really. I do like a film where there's stuff that comes that like comes up so like it's set in a mental hospital for example and there's loads of articles about the horrible shit that's happened in the mental hospital oh right yeah, that's kind of 70 then yeah I guess so yeah Girl with Dragon Tattoo was a good one uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is a great one yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean I, I mean TV obviously Twin Peaks I, I'm going to cop out on my film one and say it's Christmas Vacation because I like a cartoon opening to a film yeah it's good it's that was going to be my one before. But, yeah, no, I do. I love a schlocky horror movie set in a fucking mental... <laughs> Closed-down mental hospital where it's got stories about awful things. That so you're, you're just more a trope rather than a specific... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah. T- yeah I, I, I'll, I'll allow that. Because it happens in a lot of horror movies. It does, yeah. 
I think that was our only question, but I put out a question um, to our audience saying, um, our question for you this week is not film related, because we, we're looking at what we've been up to. So yeah. I ventured I, I out a little bit. It's music related. With Glass Twenty Twenty Three, and part of this is because we kind of all watched Glass Twenty Twenty Three collectively, and we were messaging each other, weren't we, throughout it? Well, I wasn't. Well, you were, but me so. and Ian were. Yeah. Uh, and Noel, the friend of the show, the was, boy so. chat, the boy chat. Yes, we were. Yeah. I was um, just watching it, and you know. And I asked, phone the whole time. "What would be your triple header of headliners?" So is this just like basically? Who would you want to see? Like, who are your three faves? Yeah. So, and it's Dead or Alive, is it? You can do Dead or Alive, yeah. I say you can do Dead or Alive. Um, so we had Dylan Blackland said, if we can go for purely selfish reasons, Chemical Brothers circa 97, original lineup Fishbone, and a Wu-Tang Clan Gravediggers crossover show, which is pretty fucking solid. I'd watch the shit out of that. Mm. Um, are you maybe mad? <laughs> I refuse to engage in non-cinematic conversations so Friday bangers galore as Connor for real does five hits then style blows all Saturday night Saturday still won't reunite for the first time since the mid-70s Sunday it's hologram of Dewey Cox with special glasses of plenty well played on that one there Andrew well played <laughs> that's yeah, my, a good answer that. my three would probably mm. be when did we see Suede? Which time? Barbican. That, like, 97, um, right here? Like, coming up era. Yeah. Yeah, Suede around then. Yeah. Frank Turner just at any point, because I'd love to see him with an audience that size. But it only really works for Frank Turner if everyone's into it, and I feel like at a festival you run the risk that they're I not. I do think Frank can get everyone into it. Bruce. Bruce. It makes me sick that I'm not going to that fucking Hyde Park thing on the Friday. Where Frank and Bruce are playing. Yeah. Makes me sick. Because I, I, I have a feeling Frank's going to end up on stage with Bruce. That'd be amazing. I wonder if it's going to be televised anywhere. I, I think they're going to do the, they're gonna do what they did last time and it's going to come out. Cool. Last time that that's Hyde Park one, he did. We did it like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. It got released as like a concert film. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, also though, just, just on the whole like cinematic thing. Um, we went to see him, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah, we did. We three, 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 no, 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 not Bruce. I mean, no. I, I was going to say something else. We all went to see John Carpenter, didn't we? Yes. That on when it's dark out on a stage with a fucking huge crowd, on I like, think it would be ace. On like the other stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be quite cool. That would, that would. What would what be yours, Ian? <laughs> um, Bowie, Beatles, Nirvana. That's a good one. Right, but what era Bowie and what era Beatles? Um, oh, shit. All right. That's a good call. Because yeah. Nirvana, Fuck. I'm, I'm okay. guessing late 93 Nirvana. I, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right there. Um, oh, fuck, you got me there. Because, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, Bowie... I suppose, I don't know, anything up to, like, if it was, like, for a festival set, oh, God, and forgive me, what was what was first, Let's Dance or Young Americans? Uh, Let's Dance was before Young Americans. And Let's Dance was, was before Young... Two, I believe, in Young Americans, but 82, 
five, I think. I'd want to go. To school. I, Can I go back in time to do it? So well, it's all sure. the school audience, and I'd go see Ziggy. I mean, I'd like to go back in time as well because there'd be a lot of corpses. If I, you know, you said, can I go back in time? If it was like a festival in 2023, but with the members of the Beatles, Nirvana. No, but what I mean is rather than bringing the, the era of the person forward to now with a jaded, cynical 2023 crowd, can we go back in time and do... Ziggy Stardust era Bowie with a Ziggy Stardust era crowd because I think they'd be more into it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, that that would bang. Yeah, but I feel like an eighties crowd with some eighties Bowie, but knowing seventies Bowie would also be great. Yeah, that would be quite cool. Because <laughs> I mean, it did when Bowie played it in two thousand six. Was it something like that? I think he headlined. Mm. It, 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 it slapped. Mm. Um. Yours. Be- uh, Beatles, what it's worth, like, I'd, I'd probably early 70s. Early 70s, so just for like Let It Be. Oh, fuck, but then you wouldn't have Let It Be. Because, because before Let It Be was released, so they could see Let so they could sing songs off Let It Be. Alright, that'll do. Because uh, they literally split up, I think, literally as it was released, didn't they? Uh, like, the, oh, their final ever performance <laughs> together. Like, what, on the roof? No, just their final... That, that, that your Glastonbury would be their final ever performance together. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Mine? I, I don't know. I asked the question, then didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Myself. Um, mine. The thing is... My music tastes are quite... <laughs> don't necessarily lend themselves to, like, a big fucking stadium audience. Yeah, they have to be able to headline a a stadium to to count. Yeah. Um, I I, I would have Tom Waits, because I just think it'd be funny. Alright, well, you can go to fucking Latitude (laughs) or something. No, I would like like Tom Waits, but to an audience the size of the fucking... like I think he what's his name Elton John I'd like I'd like a lot of really confused people. I'd like to, what to have happened there is someone to have walked out and gone Elton's not really feeling it today ladies and gentlemen Tom Waits and then all the fucking exits close <laughs> and all those people if you're liking Carrie <laughs> yeah and then Tom Waits just fucking comes out comes out and starts grabbling it and up. just fucking starts going old man grime at everyone Speaking of, blah blah isn't really feeling it tonight. Are we all in agreement that Dua Lipa was supposed to be there? Dua Lipa was a hundred percent supposed yeah, to be there. Yeah. I also think Madonna was supposed to be there. But then she got too close to a radio. No, she's in hospital apparently. Oh. She postponed her entire tour. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad now. Um, which just smacks of surgery gone wrong. Mm. Uh, REM. Fair. Yep. Um, oh yeah, that would be great. Actually. And I'm doing. Monster era REM, but and doing it around the time of like towards the end of the Monster tour when they were recording New Evidence in Hi Fi on the road. Fair. So like they do one of the songs will be blah recorded live at uh, on New Evidence in Hi Fi will be one of them recorded live at Glastonbury. Um, so I've got who have I got there? Then? 
Tom Waits and a Tom trapped Waits. audience. <laughs> yeah. Tom Waits and a trapped Sunday audience that thought they were seeing Elton John. R.E.M. Say, can you imagine the disappointment? <laughs> no, I'd be fucking loving it. You go from, I'm still standing to fucking... <laughs> 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 Um, and <laughs> fuck off. Um, oh, you see, I've been listening to a lot of Tribe Called Quest recently, but I just don't think that they could <laughs> <laughs> do a headlining slot at a festival. Um, so I'm gonna say instead two gallons because again, I just think it'd be funny. <laughs> do you think they could pull off a festival? I don't care. I don't care. I think I think a crowd of that size needs to hear how good that band were. So I've got R.E.M. Tom Waits and the two gallons. <laughs> Nobody's paying that much money to come to my festival. <laughs> yeah. Ian, what are we covering next I mean, week? I'm coming for the R.E.M. night. And, and the two gallons night, to be fair. I, you're not going to support your husband with his uh, unique bill. I mean, two out of the three nights, I just don't want to listen to Tom Waits. Ever. But you make me. No, I don't. I, I play it often when you're not in the house. The thing is, I really like Tom Waits, like, in stuff. I just don't like him singing stuff. Like, he's, he's great in... Um, He's fucking ace with the bunnies. <laughs> I like him playing God in Domino. Yeah. But yeah, his, his, his singing voice is just too grabby for me. You see, this is one. This is one thing. I'm literally sat here as she's saying this, staring at my record collection, which has an awful lot of Tom Waits in it, doesn't it? Does, yeah. <laughs> I, think I think I'm missing two albums. That's it. Oh well, we'll find you then. I will get them at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> what are we covering next week here? Coming up next week, we have a little bit of Asteroid City, but also Indiana Jones oh, and the... I'm looking forward to this. Are you? Who knows what we're going to think of it. I don't care. I want to hear John Williams score in a fucking cinema. Fuck it. That's where I am with it. You know what you could do? Instead of watching, you could go in right by the ticket and sit there. Then you could just put the score on in your headphones. No. And then you won't have to listen to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm, take, I'm taking a novel approach Go to on. this movie. Go on. Right? And this is going to blow people's fucking mind. Right? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to go to a movie with the intention of enjoying it. Oh, I always do that. Yeah, I'm really fucking looking forward to it. I'm also, genuinely, I'm fucking really pumped for Asteroid City. It's really baffling me, though. I, I, I know, it's confusing me a little bit. Do you think he's a pod person, Ian? I think the real Mark's somewhere just going, No Wes Anderson! I, I think he sees it as a challenge. <laughs> is that what it is? Dude, no, the thing... I fucking dare you to like me. I want to like you. I want to like yeah, you so I, fucking I'm a little bad. bit like that. I, I want to like you so fucking bad. I look at it going... Make me like you. Everything about it I should like. The only bit of it that makes me think, well, I might not like you, is Wed Anderson. Hmm. But everything else about the it... I, I liked the trailer. I liked the, the look of it. I've, I, the fucking poster is brilliant. 
But it looks like every Mark, other Wes Anderson film. The, the problem you've got, mate, is that it's quintessentially a really Wes Anderson film, but with added um, meta shit about theatre. Yeah, you see, uh, 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 everything you just said there should flick a switch in my brain that is, makes my teeth start to itch. But for some reason, I am really excited about this movie. The thing, the thing is, I'm just going to say it now because I got a feeling we're just going to need to wind Mark up and let him go next week. <laughs> it's my film of the year so far, but it's again one of those ones where if it's my film of the year at the end of the year, I'll be disappointed. I think it's cracking. I think it's charming. I think it's playful. I think it's funny. It. I had a smile on my face throughout pretty much the entire thing. But that's what I want. Yeah, but Mark. I like Wes Anderson. Yep. But that's what I want, and I, I want this movie to make me smile. Can I ask one question about it? That is nothing yep. to do with plot or anything like that. Sure. Is it is it ninety nine percent set in daylight? No. Is there quite a lot of night in it? Not necessarily night, but there's good chunks on a stage right I, I like the daylightiness of it can't see you won't we are you going to watch it Becky D- where is it showing Parkway I like I, Parkway will you take me I for feel, a glass of wine afterwards I will take you for a glass of wine afterwards then yes I will come Mark I feel like I maybe need to just tell you a little bit of the conceit of the film that's fine go on so it starts off black and white, a TV broadcast with Brian Cranston narrating that he's going to be... It's about the production of a play about... or or teleplay about the production of a play. So you get Brian Cranston every now and then coming in talking about Edward Norton writing about... uh, writing Asteroid City for like a stage play and then Adrian Brody directing the stage play but then when it's the stage play playing out it's the full colour stuff in the trailers so there are often times where it will go back to the stage play and Ed Norton kind of like finding inspiration for it and then Adrian Brody's difficulties in trying to portray what Ed Norton is trying to get from word to screen. Does the whole does the whole thing look like a diorama where the people in the dioramas can talk? Oftentimes, yes. It's a Wes Anderson it, film. I know, Mark. which makes no sense because I'm kind of everything you said normally would make me go, this sounds horrific, why am I doing this? But for some reason... You're into it. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah. I'm all in. I, I, I'm, I pray that that plays out. Yeah. But otherwise, mate, I've just got a bit of a sense of stop it in yourself. I'm going to get... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fully fucking Wes Anderson up. We're going to get some pick and mix. We, I, I, yeah. I yeah. surprised you with pick and mix at a film yeah, recently, didn't did. I? Yeah, you did. really excited. <laughs> <laughs> was it Rise of the Beast? Yeah. I think it was, yeah. 
Never usually get cinema snacks or anything like that, but I got there quite early, so I got a massive fucking bag of pick and mix. Um, and then literally just like, <laughs> like a couple of minutes of the film, just open the bag and just put the bag of cover. And then you just went, pick and mix. Just <laughs> really exciting. Yeah. Right, so that's what we've got next I, week. I, I hope. I hope. I, I, I live I, in hope. I do as well. I genuinely. Oh, if you're off to the parkway, they have poppets. They do have poppets, yeah. They don't do pick and mix, do they? I think no, they do. I think they do. We'll, we'll go with else to get pick and mix first. I'll order some pick and mix online. Oh, we could just get poppets. No, look, I'm ordering some pick and mix online. Okay. It's the whole thing now. Um, right, that was episode 498. Ended a bit chaotic, didn't it? It's a Mark episode. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, audience. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you very much, Ian. You got it, babe. And we'll be back next week where Mark has a breakdown.